It's football time in the Mid-South. Live on the Mighty 990, your home for the Briarcrest Saints. It's the Magnolia Homes pregame show. Magnolia Homes, live life well. Now, from the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, here's Josh Rivera. Welcome back, guys. It's week 10 here for Friday Night Lights in Memphis. And tonight, Josh Davis and Parker May are live in Joseph Clayton Field once again as the Briarcrest Saints take on the St. Benedict at Auburndale Eagles. This is the Mighty 990 pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes Live Life Well. And guys, it's really good to be back. Uh, we took a little week break. You know, Briarcrest went on a, a little hiatus. And Briarcrest, you know, with their week off, uh, they came off a really nice win. Uh, just in the last time we did the broadcast, uh, it was week eight for them. Uh, and the last time they played, they were able to make their way back to the win column by tying their record once again versus Pure Academy. Uh, and, and so I'm really happy for them. They were able to get that win. Unfortunately, they are still just a four and four team. But I will say, you know, it's been a week off and I come back and it's crazy. I, just, I, I sat and thought about it uh, as I was driving on the way to the studio and 10 weeks have passed by so quickly. We're already at week 10. And after this, we have one more regular season game. Briarcrest plays Endsworth and it's playoff time. After that, all bets are off. You lose the game and it's over. And it's kind of shocking how fast the season went by. And now we're looking at basketball season. 901 FC has their soccer playoffs. It's crazy how fast uh, the time has went, but I'm so excited to jump back into the seat and just kind of fill you in on what's going on in Memphis. And, and we're going to have Briarcrest playing St. Benedict and have that live play-by-play coming up after the pregame show. So let's talk a little bit more about Briarcrest and what's going on uh, with their season and what they have to expect tonight versus St. Benedict. Uh, first of all, you know, they just came off their rest. And the rest, you know, it's going to be really important because they're coming off some win. They're coming off uh, They're coming off a win. They're going to be uh, well-rested, I hope. And, you know, they have some momentum going their way. Um, you know, Barcrest is going to be looking to get a really big win and prove to a 5-4 and four record uh, against the Eagles. And you know, if you look in the, the season in review, just a little recap of the Barcrest Saints in case you've kind of forgotten a little bit about how they've gotten to 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They won the first two games, which included a spectacular last-second win. If you remember, when they played at Houston High School, they had that last-minute victory, which is really, really great to call and listen on the radio. That was kind of the end of their little streak there. They they won the first two games, and then they lost three straight, after which, you know, there were games in which they were already down at the the half. Uh, And then they ended up winning the last two out of the last two out of the last three games after that. So... I guess in one way to, to describe the season, it's been a really big roller coaster, you know, up and down all over the place. Started out nice and hot, then they went on a losing three-game losing streak, and then they just kind of bounced back a little bit. But just been a really awkward year. And this is really different from the last the last time we saw the Saints last year when they went 9-1. and one. You know, last year, actually, the Saints beat St. Benedict 56-7. to Unfortunately, Briarcrest has lost all three games against the teams in their own division. You look at Brentwood, Christian Brothers, and MUS. It's been a really rough division uh, record for 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 not only St. Benedict but Briarcrest as well. Because St. Benedict has also lost all three division team, all three division games. So both are bottom two in their own division. So one of these teams is probably going to end up uh, at the very bottom, and right now it's St. Benedict. Really, uh, if you're Barcrest, you're looking at this game, and this is a really big must-win game. Looking deeper into St. Benedict, you know, they, they've had a really rough season, and, and, and actually another rough season. You know, look at 2020. They went 1-7, and and then last season, 2021, they went 0-12, and now they're 2-6. and You know, they lost their first six games of the season, but despite all the losses in the last two or three years, they're actually in a, they're currently in a two-game win streak. And it's kind of crazy looking at it, at their record, 
you look at their win on September 29th, their win on September 29th was their first win in over two years when they beat FACS on the, on the on September 11th, 2020. So they went two years without winning a single game. Now they're on a two-game winning streak, so that's been really good. You look at their player, Antonio Adams, who's, who plays for St. Benedict. He got really, really hot. And he, he got into the end zone three different times to help the Eagles uh, over their victory over Bluff City. Uh, so, you know, th- there is some momentum there for St. Benedict, but, you know, the history isn't really on their side right now. Three consecutive seasons, three consecutive losing seasons, really tough for the Eagles. And some of the keys for Briarcrest and having a victory, this is, you have to remember, a must-win game for the Saints because next week you're going to be playing a 6-2 and Endsworth team to finish your regular season. So if you drop this game, you're most likely looking at a 4-6 and season and a zero-division win record. That's not good at all. I mean, that's a huge drop from a 9-1 and record from last year. You don't want that. So this is that easy must-win game. At least have a chance to tie your record for the regular season. Because Endsworth, that's going to be a tough game to win. At least get it here and jump into that standing a little bit, especially in the division. A win here would be three wins in four games. We could just be the momentum you need to play in the playoffs. Uh, and you, you got to win quick. Again, you can't give the Eagles any breathing room to keep it close. Take advantage of the home field. You know, the last two games of your regular season are going to be in your home field. After that, when you're in the playoffs, they're going to be visiting, and they're not going to have that luxury. So if you're the Barcrest Saints, you got to want to finish these last two games strong, especially tonight, especially coming off a win and some rest. But guys, when we come back, uh, I'm going to talk to John Varlis. He's obviously the high school reporter for the Daily Memphian going to ask him some questions uh, on what we've missed on over the last week, over the last two weeks. You know, we, we, we had a bye week last week, so I definitely want to get you guys informed, get his opinion on the latest of high school football. We'll get into all of that when we get back with this commercial break. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back here to the Mighty 990 Studios. This is the pregame show here, sponsored by Magnolia Homes Live Life Well. Tonight, Briarcrest and St. Benedict, they play at 7 o'clock. We'll have that live play-by-play coverage coming up after the pregame show. But on the phone lines with me, I'm happy to have John Varley's back with me. He is the high school sports reporter for the Daily Memphian. And John, I'm happy to have you on the phone again. You know, I've missed you. It's been a week, but I'm happy to uh, for you to come back and talk some football. Well, I've missed you too, Josh. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so excited. I got choked up. I, I missed you <laughs> too. And I and uh, and it's, it's good to holler at you and talk some high school football tonight. Yeah, well, let's get right into it. You know, the last couple of weeks of the regular season are, are upon us, you know, with the playoffs approaching. Uh, I'm kind of curious to know which teams do you feel are most prepared and able for a really deep playoff run and possibly a trophy at the end of it? Well, I think I think you start with, I mean, you start with the smallest public classification. You look at Mace, which is 9-0, and uh, just playing outstanding football. They've shut out eight of those nine opponents. They've only allowed 12 points all season. They've got one of the best uh Offensive players in that classification in Kumaro Brown and a, a, a coach in Cedric Miller Senior and Cedric Miller who's been around you know forever and seen it all and had good teams and knows how to prepare a team. So I, I think you got to look at Mace as poised to make a deep run. I think Lausanne has the tools to make a deep run, even though uh, the competition you know as they get further down the road will be pretty tough with teams like Lipscomb Academy and, and those guys. I think, but I think if you, I mean, uh, excuse me, I think. I think Lausanne has all the tools. I would say those two are probably your best equipped to make a good run. Um, but there's others, and, and we'll, we'll see how the next couple of weeks shake out. 
Yeah, and I'm excited to see how it pans out, like you just said. And I want to jump to Mumford, who's actually just been roller, just rolling over all these teams in their season. Is it safe to say that this Cougar team has just been coasting most of the season and will be finishing off this year undefeated since they only have Kingsbury and Central left to play? Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's fair to say they've been coasting at all. I think they've, I think they've, uh, you know, approached every game. You know, I don't want to say professionally because they're not professionals, but I, I think they've approached every game right with focus and and uh, you know and taking it one game at a time and that, and that kind of thing. And I was remiss. I, I definitely should have them included included them in our teams that I think will be able to make a good a good playoff run well as well because they're really equipped. They've got one of the best offenses in our area. Very diversified offense. They can run it. They can pass it. You know, they can they can really do it all. And, and they're well coached as well. Coach over there so, no, I, I don't think they've been coasting i think they've been uh you know like i said taking it one game at a time and, and they do have a good chance to finish uh 10 and 0 that game against central will be a, a tough game though because central's playing yeah that just... was a, a heck of a battle last year between the teams that came down last second it was a game-winning field goal by by munford so yeah i expect a good game but no uh john are you there yeah i'm there Okay, okay. Sorry, I thought I was losing you there. Well, I want to jump to the next question. You look at Bartlett, and they've had a really impressive, you know, they've had several impressive wins with Lausanne, Houston. Is Collierville in trouble? I mean, they, they've lost the first regular season game earlier this month versus Houston, and Bartlett has shown that they can beat these elite teams. Yeah, Bartlett does. Bartlett has a very, very good resume with, like you say, the wins over Lausanne and Houston. Very, very good resume. And I think I think this game tonight is going to come down to quarterback play. I think if Aiden Glover is healthy for Collierville, uh, I, I think, you know, Collierville has a great chance to go in there and come out with a victory. I don't know his status. He's been he's been injured the last couple of weeks with a, with an ankle thing. And, and, you know, obviously they don't give out injury reports in high school. So we'll just have to wait and find out on that. But, uh, you know, if he can go, I think Collierville has a great chance. But, you know, having said that, like you say, Bartlett's a terrific team with a, a really good offense led by Braylon Ragland, the Georgia State. Uh, quarterback and some good receivers and a good running back and Jared Johnson and a good O line. So yeah, I mean they like you, I mean you said it. They 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 they've got a great team with a great resume and and you know it won't be surprises. It certainly won't be a surprise if they come out on on top in that very tough region. That's right. And last question, I want to talk about Christian Brothers. They've kind of also had a bit of a roller coaster season. They're looking at a four and four season and they're currently in a two game losing streak. How disappointing has the Purple Wave been in your estimation, and what's been the difference from this year from from the last year? Uh, I mean, not having not having Dallas Hayden, the two time yeah. Mister Football winner, and and, and uh, you know, I mean, you can see how good Dallin is as he's contributing some, you know, getting some valuable playing time for Ohio State this year. The you know, arguably the best team in the nation as a true freshman. So, I mean, that that speaks volume to to Dallas' talent. But no. I mean, replacing him was always going to be hard, but they lost other other you know really good players. Well, they lost some CEO linemen, they lost some key guys on defense, and they lost a, a three year starter at quarterback. You know, Jack McLaughlin's been been outstanding, but it's it's not easy to replace a three year starter at quarterback either. So, I mean, that plus the schedule they've played has been very competitive, tough region, and uh, you know they've got a tough challenge tonight against Central and. Uh, a matchup between two of the uh, teams in the city with the uh, oldest oldest rivalry, Central and and um, Christian Brothers have met each other more than any other team in their respective histories. You know they go back eighty plus years, so lots of history tonight at Crump Stadium, and it should be a really good game. All right, uh, John, what game are you at tonight? 
I'm at the uh, volleyball tournament. All right. Briarcrest, uh, Briarcrest Lady Saints, state champions yesterday. And uh, today, uh, Collierville just, just wrapped up a, a runner-up season. So shout out to Collierville and, and Briarcrest, too. Some great volleyball in our area. That's as incredible. As well yeah. All right. Well, John, that'll be it for you. But I, I appreciate you taking the time, of course, this week uh, again, uh, talking to me about some football. And I hope the rest of the night goes well for you. Always, buddy. Take care. See you, Josh. All right. Take care. All right, that was John Varlis. He is the high school reporter for the Daily Memphian. And actually, I want to just give a, a quick shout-out, I guess, about him. We, we, Me and Ben Dieter, we actually talked to him uh, just a couple uh, days ago on our morning show, Wake Up Memphis, and we had a really great interview uh, about his journey with, with weight loss and him losing uh, a lot, a lot of weight over the course of just a couple months and just uh, all the stuff that he's been through with that. Um, so if you want to listen to that, I really, really encourage it. It's on our website at mighty Not, at kwmradio.com. We have uh, his podcast and the entire the entire interview up on our website. So definitely encourage you to check it out. Really great interview uh, just to get more insight on his story. So when we come back, guys, I'm going to give you we're going to finish off the pregame show. I'm going to give you some information about some of the games tonight, what those games mean leading up to the playoffs. And uh, really just some of the notable games, especially that you should be aware of that are kicking off tonight as the playoffs get really, really close. Guys, when we come back, we'll get into all of that after this commercial break. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the pregame show here in the Mighty 990 studios. This is the pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. And guys, let's get into some of the biggest games going on tonight. We have a slate of really, really uh, big games to watch especially uh, with uh, big playoff implications. We're going to start out with Collierville and Bartlett. Collierville, uh, they're 7-1, and one, and Bartlett, they're 6-2. and two. You know, Collierville's coming back from a bye week, just like Briarcrest is. Seven games in a row until they lost a really big one against Houston. They held three teams scoreless, though, during the run. So this is a really great Collierville football program. But, of course, they've had an easy half, first half of the schedule. You know, look at some of the teams that they played in their first uh, several games. They played Wooddale who is uh, just been struggling all season at the time, their own six. You look at Douglas, who was one and five at the time. He had White Station, Center Hill, Cordova, Whitehaven, all whether, you know, all of them mediocre or less than mediocre teams. A lot of these teams actually are have, uh, you know, losing records. Um, but, you know, after just finding that top spot in the Mid-South area, the Dragons did lose against Houston. They were the first team to beat uh, a Germantown team who was undefeated at the time. And then, of course, they beat Collierville, um, which is really, really tough. Uh, for them because they looked like they were on par for an undefeated record until they came across Houston. But, you know, you can't blame them. Houston has been really been impressive this season as well. Uh, but you look at Bartlett, uh, they've had a really they had a really bad loss last year against Carville, 35 to 6. But, you know, the thing is, it's not the same team as last year who wins 6 and 4. Right now, Bartlett's 6 and 2. And you look at some of the games that they've won Bartlett themselves. They've beat Lausanne. They've beat Houston. Uh, so just really, really, really impressive uh, record for Houston uh, for Bartlett rather they're really talented so they're more than capable of getting this win they're playing with house money too because they've won all their home games this season and tonight's going to be a home game for them as well versus Carville whose only loss was actually during an away game so uh, if you want to factor in the 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 home field advantage I think Bartlett has a really really big advantage in that end of the spectrum and then you look at Braylon Ragland he's been really spectacular this season he actually is a Georgia State uh, Comet and he won player of the week during week four if you remember when they upset the number one team Lausanne 
and so you look at Braley Ragland, you look at that whole Bartlett uh, team, they're more than capable of beating Collierville uh, tonight as they face off over there. And then you look at Covington and Haywood County. Covington 7-1, Haywood County 8-0. Covington's actually has a chance to defeat the undefeated tonight. They beat Dyer County last week 45-18. You look at the Chargers run game especially, it's really elite. You know, Last week they ran for 413 yards. They averaged 7.5 yards per carry. And they're currently on a seven-game winning streak. The only loss they had was in the season opening game versus number one ranked Mumford. So you can't blame them too much for that. They recovered really well, and they're currently on a seven-game win streak. Last year, however, they did lose to Haywood 33-0. The difference is that last year they were undefeated in their home games, and they happened to play in their turf. Well, this week it's in Covington's home field, and they've been on a tear. So... I, I do expect really big things for Covington. And you look at Haywood, they've also been on a tear. They've not lost a single game this season so far. Uh, and if you look at all the teams, they're based in Brownsville, by the way. They The, the only games against Memphis teams have been against Oak Haven and Melrose, all wins. So this is going to be a really interesting matchup and also going to justify whether or not Covington is in that top three seed. A lot of people do have them as a top three team in Memphis. So we'll see about that. Germantown and Arlington. Germantown, they're 5-2. and two. They're going to be playing Arlington, who's 4-3. and three. And Germantown, they've had the most impressive game stretch in Memphis. They've had big wins against Christian Brothers when they were actually really impressive at the beginning of the season. MUS, Whitehaven, when they were also on a tear in the beginning of the season. And, of course, Bartlett. They've been in the top three discussion for many weeks. They've kind of dropped a little bit, though, because they've lost the last two games. But, uh, you know, I think they are a team more than capable of definitely beating Arlington because Arlington's kind of had a sneaky bounce-back season. Uh, they started the season one and two, and they've kind of been on a streak. So, you know, Arlington's not a bad team per se. They've just kind of been uh, also having a roller coaster of a season. Uh, but, you know, there this is going to have really big playoff implications, and we'll see what happens with that. Uh, also, uh, filling you in on some other games, Whitehaven's going to be facing off against Cordova. Uh, Whitehaven looking to improve to a 5-4 and four record. They're currently 4-4. Four and four. You're looking at Dyer County. They're 3-5. and five. They're going to be playing Brighton, who's also 3-5. and five. Kingsbury's playing Mumford. Uh, again, this is Mumford is by far the best team in football in a lot of people's uh, rankings. And they've the closest game they had was last week, actually, versus Southwind, winning by only 11. So they're most likely going to finish with an undefeated record. They have to face Kingsbury, who's 1-7, and 5-3 and and Memphis Central. So... Yeah, the odds are in their favor. I think they really can finish 10 and 0, but they got to go off against Kingsbury tonight. Fayetteware and Ridgeway, Fayetteware 3 and 4 and then Ridgeway 2 and 6. You also have Melrose who's 7 and 1. They're going to be playing uh, Kirby who's 2 and 6. You look at Melrose, they've had a really impressive season this far. This far, Melrose they forced five turnovers last week and shut out its second straight opponent versus Hamilton 44 to 0. So really good for Melrose. They're looking to jump to an 8 and 1 record after tonight. East and Raleigh Egypt, East 3 and 5, Raleigh Egypt 6 and 2. Raleigh Egypt's had a really impressive season. MLK Prep 1 and 8 and Mitchell 4 and 4. FACS 2 and 6. They're going to be playing uh, at Tipton Rosemark, who's one and six, really rough record uh, for both of these uh, football teams. And you have Harding, who's still looking for their first win. They're going to be playing against Fayette Academy, who's four and four. Uh, and then we have Olive Branch, five and three. They're going to be playing against Center Hill, who's three and five tonight. We also have South Panola, who's five and two. They're going to be playing DeSoto Central, who's five and three. Then you have undefeated South Haven, who's seven and zero. Oh. They're going to be playing Lewisburg, who's four and three. Uh, New Hope, who's three and four. They're going to be playing Lake Cormorant, who's three and five. Bolton two and six. They're going to be playing Oak Haven, who's four and four. A struggling Christian Brothers team. Their record is four and four. They're playing Central five and three. Christian Brothers really don't want to get this loss 
uh, and dropped to a four and five record. Then you have Millington, who's four and four. They're going to be playing McNary Central, who's one and eight. And then Sheffield and North Point, that's going to be a really big game. Sheffield, six and two. And then North Point, they started out really strong. They've kind of slid a little bit, but they're five and three. And then University School of Jackson, they're seven and one. They're going to be playing at St. George's, who's three and five. So, guys, that's going to be it for the pregame show. I'm excited to talk to you uh, at the halftime when we come back. I have a lot of things going on in that halftime show. We're going to be talking about last year's uh, Player of the Week and some of the candidates. We're going to be talking about some of the most impressive teams and some of the most disappointing. And then also a really, really fun story where uh, we had two coaches in the Memphis area nominated for coaches uh, named for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl All-Star Coaches uh, game over there at Liberty Bowl. So I'll talk about some of that, and we'll also talk about my top 10 Mighty 990 rankings uh, in the Memphis area. We'll get into all of that after the first half of this football game. We're going to go back to Joseph Clayton Field uh, as Josh Davis and Parker may have your live by live play-by-play coverage. We're going to take a break. More high school football analysis from the Mid-South when we come back with uh, our play-by-play announcers. Enjoy the game, everybody. Live on the Mighty 990 KWAM, it's football time in Memphis. We're the Briarcrest Saints, powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Briarcrest Football, built on a firm foundation of faith, excellence, tradition, perseverance, teamwork, Christ-centered athletes of character. That's who we are. We are Briarcrest. Let's play some football. Now, live from high atop Clayton Field in the Ray Mullins Press Box, the Mighty 990 presents your Game of the Week. Here's Josh Davis and Parker May. It is a beautiful night for football here at Briarcrest Christian School. As a matter of fact, the Saints are running out on the field right now. For tonight's game, the 4-4 four and four Briarcrest Saints will be taking on the 2-6 and six St. Benedict Eagles. My name is Josh Davis. I'm being joined by Parker May. And, Parker, this is a big division rivalry game we've got tonight. Yeah, Josh, huge division, division game, as you said, with a lot of playoff implications. Looking at it from the Saints' perspective, coming off a win two weeks ago against Pure 35-6, and this is huge for them. 0-3 in region play, very shocking. First time that's happened since 2011. And with a win here, the Saints could clinch the five seed in the West. They would solidify their playoff position, which is really good. You don't have to focus on that going into next week's game against Innsworth. They would play either Pope John Paul or McCauley in the first round playoffs on the road. Either way, big chance here for them to get on a little win streak right before the playoffs start and get some momentum. And, you know, I was listening to you, Parker, talk to Coach Stewart uh, in, in your pregame show, and it, it really reminded me that the Saints have been very close to winning some football games this year, and I really do believe this isn't just been me being a homer, that if they can get the win tonight and then a good performance next week, they can make a run in playoffs. Well, absolutely. I think this is the – that's the thing about this group. This is a – as we're talking about the seniors right now, they're all being honored as captains right now tonight. Very fun for them on senior night. This is a group that's faced a lot of adversity this year, Josh, as you know, and I think they have the ability to keep fighting back in this tough season. They can get hot at the right time, as you said, and they – Coach Stu and this whole staff, their whole players, this whole locker room really believes they can still make some noise in the playoffs and they get the right chance. I think they will. I think we'll be able to see a preview of that here tonight on Clayton Field. And, of course, this, by the way, I want to tell the listeners, my voice, you can tell, is not doing well tonight. So Parker's going to take over on senior night. The senior, Parker May, is going to take over with the play-by-play, and I'll be doing the color to try to save my voice. But Parker's a, he's a better play-by-play guy than I am. So, But we're talking about St. Benedict. You know, they're only 2-6. and six. But their last two games have been their wins, and they've scored over 50 points in both of those games. Yeah, it's a great point. And SBS has been a team struggling the past couple years. Their first, this is Joey Magnifico, their head coach, their, his second season at the helm. 
very excited for him to, in his program, building a little bit, slowly getting it together. And there's two big wins against East Memphis and Bluff City. The past weeks have been huge, led by their talented offense with Alex McAfee, a sophomore quarterback, who's put up some fantastic numbers as a sophomore, almost 1,800 passing yards, most in the Memphis area, 21 passing touchdowns, second in the Memphis area, just continuing to be a big factor for them, as you said. Over 50 points the past two weeks, and he's been leaning on his more experienced receivers in Jordan Ward and Caden Willis, who have the two most yards in the Memphis area. So very talented guys. Those three can be a problem for the Saints early. Yeah, so Briarcrest, the uh, captains are out in midfield right now, so we'll be getting the game underway in just a few minutes. The Saints actually, the whole team has not come out yet. The uh, captains and the rest of the seniors now are going back to get up under the tunnel, and they will be coming out on the field soon. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. Uh, I had forgotten until we got here that Joey Magnifico was the coach at St. Benedict. He was a legendary player at St. Benedict and then went on to become a pretty darn good player at the University of Memphis. Yeah, it's a great one. It's really cool to see this Joey Magnifico here get a big chance here at his alma mater. First head coaching job, first job coaching period for him, and he gets a chance to kind of rebuild this program, kind of build it up from scratch in a way. So now we get to see the Saints come out of their total High energy week for them this week, kind of bouncing back off the bye week, looking to get some momentum in practice. It was a really fun week, very focused, but also very energized practice this, this week. Yeah, what was the mood around school this week? Obviously, everybody had a week off or fall break, so probably everybody's relaxed a little bit. Uh, what's the vibe? They think this does the team think they can turn it around? Yeah, a little more relaxed, a lot more energy this week with the football team. And that's what I mentioned earlier. This team still has a lot of confidence in themselves. This coaching staff and a lot of the students here still believe in them. I think that's huge from that. They still have confidence in themselves, and they have confidence in other people as well. So big chance from tonight on senior night with a pretty good crowd here at Clayton Field to kind of show everybody what they still have left in the tank as they prepare for the playoffs in two weeks. So with that being said, I'm going to kick it back to you for play-by-play because -play nobody wants to listen to this voice all night long, but I'll pop in every now and then and with brilliant analysis. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we get ready to kick. It will be the Saints who will kick off. That means Coop Brown will get to see the field. He's been a fantastic kicker so far for the Saints this season. Second in the Memphis area in punt distance. He's fascinating and a very talented punter, continuing to impress on that end. And as for kickoffs, very liable. Last year we saw him do a lot of pooch kicks. We were not big fans of those. Kind no. of gone a little bit away from that. So we'll see what he'll do here. Deep to return for the Eagles is number 11. And he's not on the roster. That's fun. <laughs> Adam O'Brien. I've there got another go. roster here. There we go. The backup roster. <laughs> Leave There's it right a there. kick from Cooper Allen, and he'll be fielded at the two-yard line by number 11. Great blocks up ahead, up to the 20, pushed out of bounds just shy of the 25-yard line by, looks like, number two, Holden Day, a junior safety. Yeah, nice uh, kickoff that time by, by Cooper Allen. Got it right to the goal line, and uh, so St. Benedict will start uh, a little bit out past the 20-yard line. Yeah, as I said earlier, they're led by their offense with sophomore quarterback Alex McAfflin, number four. And the starting lineups for the Saints on defense, the front four will be Brock Lessig, Jordan Bramlett, Aiden Heidrich, Brandon Myers. The linebackers will be Max Carroll, Trey Davis, John Odell. And then the secondary, Kenan LaRusso, Holden Day, Devin Johnson, and Colin Collier. McAfflin in the shotgun, two receivers to his right. He's got a running back on his left. Fakes the handoff, then he gets it to number 33, the running back. That's... Antonio Adams, a senior running back, short gain on the play. Great job of that interior defensive line led by Jordan Bremen and Aiden Heidrich, limiting the gain to about two yards. Yeah, nice job of the Briarcrest defensive front. They kind of shifted right before the play as if they knew what was coming and shifted right into that run, and they did a nice job. 
It's just a really pass-heavy offense here now for St. Benedict. Past couple, two recent region games, they've thrown the ball over 30 times in both matchups. So let's see what they try to attack with this prior coast defense here on second down. Same formation for the Eagles. Two receivers to McLaughlin's right. The running back, Adams, to his left. He'll hand it off on the jet sweep to number 11. Great job by Devin Johnson making a big play behind the line of scrimmage. Joined there by Logan Taylor on that play, pushing him back to about third and 11. Yeah, that was Adam O'Brien on the carry for St. Benedict. And uh, uh, jet sweep that time and really just had nowhere to run. Third down at 15. Huge play. They actually called a loss of seven, so third and 15. Great start for this Briarcrest defense. And my keys for them are to force turnovers and continue to make Alec McFaffin uncomfortable because when he has time to throw, he can be a dangerous quarterback. McAfflin now in the Eagles offense, a little bit more spread out, two receivers on each side with Adams still in the backfield. McAfflin takes the snap. Saints bringing pressure to screen pass to Adams on the left side. Breaks a tackle before getting slammed down by a great tackle by his senior linebacker Logan Taylor. It will be just back to about the original line of scrimmage for about a seven-yard gain. Yeah, that was a nice play call by the uh, St. Benedict staff, the screen pass. They really worked it well, but the Briarcrest defensive backs did a great job of reading it and coming up and making the tackle before he could get the first down. Yeah, now we'll see the punt team for the Eagles. It's number 22, Tyler Westfall, sophomore. Reed Leonard and Jojo Salim, deep. Shout out to Reed Leonard earlier this afternoon. He picked up a... Division one offer from UT Martin, so huge congrats to him. I know he's really excited about that, and he definitely has potential to play at the next level. Uh, definitely. I'm kind of surprised he hadn't picked up some uh, bigger offers. Bigger offers. That. Actually, although he can do well there. He can. we got an offsides penalty on the Saints. They'll move it up to about fourth and three. Punt team still out for the Eagles. Number 22, Tyler Westfall onto the kick. we got Salim and Reed Leonard deep to return for the Saints. Good snap. Wobbly kick. Linder will kick. Salim will catch it at the 40, up to the 50, to the 45. Stiff arm is a man just shy of the 41, to the 40, right about the 41-yard line. Number seven, Cameron Scott, a junior linebacker for the Eagles on the tackle, and that's where Blake Clarkson will take over and actually got some recent development out the quarterback situation. Cade Carlson, who was scheduled to be on track to return by the end of the season, he's actually now been ruled out for the season. Oh, wow. And it's concerned. Don't want to rush him back. and. Blake Clarkson been playing pretty well recently. 563 yards, eight touchdowns, only two interceptions in his playing time. Been very impressive. Looked like a penalty on the Saints right off the bat. Like on the kick. So they'll back it up. Might have been a block in the back. So now they'll be at the Briarcrest 49-yard line. Still fantastic field position for Blake Clarkson. He'll start with Logan Taylor in the backfield. Max Carroll, Devin Johnson to his right. Caleb Donaldson and Davis Walker on the left side. Clarkson takes a snap. It's a handoff to Logan Taylor. Great hole up the middle, and Logan Taylor gets about seven yards. Great job of that interior offensive line tonight. A little bit of some shuffled around with the injury to senior Zach Green. So now the offensive line is A.J. Amos, Isaiah Robinson, Zeke Taylor, Cade Sivers, and Nate Bledsoe. Saints going tempo here after the gain of seven by Taylor. Clarkson takes a snap. It's a screen pass out wide to the lender. Got a great block to the 40, 35, almost to the 30 before he's finally taken out. By number 21 for the Eagles, Jalen Wagner. Yeah, on that last play, it was good to see uh, 
Uh, Logan Taylor get a carry. Early in the year, he was getting the ball a good bit. Hadn't been getting it as much lately, but nice run on first down. A huge play from him. Coming off the best running game performance of the season for the Saints last week. Hopefully they can build on that tonight. Clarkson still in the shotgun with Taylor to his right. He's got Max Carroll at tight end. Drops back to pass. Looking downfield under pressure. And now Clarkson will throw it away. Great job with that by that Eagles defensive line bringing pressure and kind of mixing up the coverages early on Clarkson. Yeah, he was under pressure that time, just got rid of it. Good move by Blake to just get rid of the football and not do anything, not do anything crazy. And no, we don't need any errant turnovers early tonight. Either way, be second and ten now for the Saints. Ball in the Eagle 32-yard line, just under eight and a half minutes to go here in the first quarter. Clarkson's got trips right with Donaldson on the far left side. Takes a snap. It's a handoff to Logan Taylor. Made a nice little original cut, just a minimal gain of about four yards. Yeah, coming into the night, Taylor had carried the ball 20 times for right over 101 yards. That's about five yards per carry. Picked up about three on that one. Yeah, he's been pretty consistent, but hadn't got as much time at running back due to his shoulder injury. So now third and seven. Huge chance for the Eagles to get a stop. Clarkson got two receivers on each side. Takes a snap, drop backs. Tried to find Devin Johnson just a little bit too far out in front of him. Good coverage there on that time by the Eagles. Number three, Dwayne Mosley, a senior corner. Junior corner. Yeah, St. Benedict is only playing three down linemen, but that on that particular play, they really brought a lot of pressure with the linebackers. Looked like it just kind of threw Blake off a little bit, and it looks like the Saints offense is going to stay on the field. Yeah, interesting play call early from Robbie Donaldson, the offensive coordinator, leading them on fourth and seven here in the first quarter. Clarkson's got trips right with Caleb with Davis Walker on the left side, and now we got a flag. Might be a false start on the Saints. Yep, now they are going to back it up. It's going to be a false start on the Saints. Now you got to think about bringing the punt team out being fourth and 12. Yeah, I would think so. But we haven't seen them do that yet. Very surprised by this. <laughs> I mean, we're used to seeing them take risks, but fourth and 12 in the first quarter, it's kind of surprising to me, Josh. Unless it's going to be this quick kick. We'll see if they we do that. We have seen them. We saw that doing that two weeks ago. Clarkson has done that before. We'll see if they go to that here. Nope, drops back to pass, looking downfield, and it's incomplete. Pass might have got deflected there with the intended target. Was Davis Walker, and a very impressive stop so far by the Eagle defense, and now they've got a chance to mark down the field. Not bad field position on their own 34-yard line. Yeah, they, you have to give a tip of the cap to the Eagles defense that time. Kind of looked a little shaky early. Got their wits about them and got a nice stop. Keep Briarcrest uh, out of the end zone. Yeah, this is an Eagle team not to underestimate here, absolutely the way their offense has been playing, and they got a lot of momentum coming in on that two-game win streak. McAlphin now back in the game. They go to that typical formation, two receivers to the right, a tight end on the left, and the running back on his left tip. McAlphin takes a snap. It's a handoff to number 33, Antonio James. Great job by that right side of the offensive line for the Eagles, and they give a first down, and now there's going to be a flag on the play. Yeah. Might be a late hit on the Saints. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be, but that time, number 33, uh, Antonio Adams really just took the ball, and like you called it, Parker, the right side of their line did a great job of blocking Briarcrest, and uh, that's first down for St. Benedict, and I think they're going to get some more on the penalty. Yeah, this is going to be a late hit, huge break for the Eagle defense, and if you're – Defensive coordinator Brandon Tucker for the Saints, that's just an inexcusable penalty that you can't have on a night like this. Yeah, you know, we're all the way across the field, but it that that wasn't a uh, just a little bit late hit. That no, was about was three yards out of bounds. Yeah. Three yards out of bounds, two seconds after the play. 
McGaff from the Eagle offense ready to go. He's going to take the snap, hand it off again to Antonio James, Antonio Adams. And another flag comes in after the play. This one might be coming back. Yeah, it looks like a hold on number 55, Jacob Ortiz from St. Benedict. He just basically saw that the Briarcrest players going to make a tackle, so he tackled him first, which is illegal. Yeah, not something you do as an <laughs> offensive lineman. So that'll be first and about 20. Now they'll back it up. Huge chance now for the Briarcrest defense. After SPA got a big break with their penalty, Briarcrest could get one here. To be first and 20, see if they can get a big stop. Not first one, actually a spot foul. So we'll see how far back they go. Yeah, he was about three or four yards deep in the end zone. I mean, deep in the backfield when he did that. So, wow, it's going to be a wait. Yeah. About first and 15. First down and 21. 22, excuse me. McGaffin now got him spread out. Three receivers on the left side with one receiver on the far right. Antonio Adams still in the backfield. McGaffin takes a snap to screen pass number three to Wayne Mosley. Max Carroll and a host of Saints bring him down right at the line of scrimmage. Max Carroll joining that tackle by Devin Johnson, Holden Day, and Trey Davis all bringing Dwayne Mosley down. Yeah, that was a – Max Carroll really showed his athleticism that time because Mosley actually had the ball and had, a, had the angle on Max, but Max just turned on the speed and just uh, – once he gets his hands on you, you're going to go down. Yeah, Max Carroll is a guy on both sides of the ball. You have to know where he is because he's a playmaker. So now second and 21, only a one-yard gain on that screenplay to Mosley. They'll go back a little bit spread out, two receivers on each side. On the left side, you got number 11, Adam O'Brien, and number 13, Isaiah Bolton. Adams in the backfield, McAfflin. McAfflin caught an audible here. Play clock running low, and I don't think they got the playoff. Yeah. It's going to be a delay a game, which will back him up to about second and 26. Let me ask you, Parker, what do you think, you know, with Clarkson, now that he knows he is the guy, do you think, even though obviously you'd rather have Cade Carlson back, but Blake knowing he is the guy now, no pressure, you think that actually might help him? I think it might, but it's a, it's a little bit more – he could get too loose back there. That's the one thing he's not having to worry about. Oh, there's another guy coming up behind him. But I do think it can help him in the way where it makes him more comfortable in the backfield. We'll look and see how that affects him tonight. McGaffin now way back in their territory, second and 26 on their own 46-yard line. Trips left for him. He drops back, looking to pass. Saints bringing a ton of pressure. It's a screen pass to number 33, Antonio Adams. A lot of running room for him before he's finally taken down by number 14, Cannon LaRusso. Beautiful job by the receivers for SBA, setting up those blocks downfield after Briarcrest brought a lot of pressure. Huge gain right on there, about a 14-yard gain. Yeah, that's twice tonight that uh, St. Benedict has – dialed up that screen pass and both times they've been successful that time they really got behind the Briarcrest and now it looks like there's going to be another penalty on the Saints yeah no penalty I think it's going to be a face mask call so it's a first down for the Eagles back to back plays where they kind of got something going Saints looks like they had a chance to get off the field and now it's going to be SBA first down at the Briarcrest 26 yard line it's a huge chance for head coach Joey Magnifico and his offense to get on the board early McGaffin back in the shotgun. Adams on his left. Single receiver out wide. He's matched up with Devin Johnson. Hand off up the middle to Adams. Got a ton of running room. Breaks free. He's in the end zone. Unbelievable start to this game. 
Very impressive drive by Alex Gaffin and Antonio Adams. An unbelievable start. Yeah, that was a, a fantastic job by the St. Benedict offensive line because there wasn't anything fancy there. That was just a handoff up the middle, a huge hole, and once he got ahead of steam up, uh, nobody really touched him. I mean, we knew this SBA team had got a lot better. This is an unbelievable start by them. This whole Briarcrest side's almost in a state of shock. And now number 22, Tyler Westfall on the attempt to PAT. Kick is up, and the kick is no good. Missed it wide left. So Briarcrest trails SBA 6 nothing with 5.37 to go here in the first quarter. We'll take a commercial break during this timeout. Your exclusive source for high school sports coverage in the Mid-South. The Mighty 990 and 107.9 FM. KWAM Memphis, a Starnes Media Group station. And we are back here at Clayton Field in the Ray Mullins Press Fox. It's really a surprising start here through the first six and a half minutes of this first quarter. SBA leads Briarcrest 6-0 as Briarcrest about to get the ball back. Tyler Westfall now on the kick with Reed Linder and Devin Johnson deep to return for the Saints. There's a kick, a little bit of a low squib kick. Linder will field it at about the 18-yard line to the 25. Got some blocks on the left side to the 30. Reverses field to the 35, and it's finally taken down from behind at about the 37-yard line. Saints wanted a flag for a little unnecessary roughness. Didn't get it. Either way. There is a flag on the field. Oh, there is? Yep. Another on the other side of the field, though. We'll see what this one is. I believe it's going to be a face mask on St. Benedict. At least that's what Reed Linder thinks. Yeah, you are exactly right, Josh, after the referee confirms that. It is going to be a face mask. Now we got a big break for the Saints offense and Blake Clarkson. They'll start in Eagle territory at about the 47-yard line. It was already a great return by Linder to about the 40, and the 15-yard face mask only helps out even more. So Blake Clarkson will start with Caleb Donaldson and Reed Leonard on his right, Max Carroll and Davis Walker on the left. Salim in the backfield for the first time tonight. He gets the handoff. He'll get a good gain of about five yards. Great job of the, the middle of that Briarcrest offensive line with Zeke Taylor, Isaiah Robertson, and Cage Severs the center and the two guards there. Creating a lane up the middle for Salim about four yards. Second and seven, they'll call it. Now Carroll motions out right. Trips right with Davis Walker on the far left side. Clarkson takes a snap, play action pass, quick screen pass to Carroll, and it's complete for a big Briarcrest first down up past the 35 to about the 32-yard line before he's finally taken down by number three for the Eagles, Dwayne Mosley. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great play call by Robbie Donaldson. Faked the run, then actually looked like he was going to run it himself, but then found Max Carroll for the big pass. Yeah, great job by Clarkson. Reading the defense very quickly. Clarkson now takes a snap. Read, read option. Clarkson keeps it. Great job by him reading that perfectly. Had a linebacker blitzing up the middle. He chose Salim and Clarkson quickly pulled that ball back and got a good gain of about four to five yards. Yeah, we saw that a uh, couple of weeks ago against MUS that Blake's getting a lot better at that, at reading that uh, read option well and knowing when to keep the ball, knowing when to hand it off. Yeah, he's a very smart quarterback, and you can see it there right there. Gain of five, second and five. They'll flip the formation, trips left. Clarkson hands it off this time to Salim. Great job of this. Eagle defensive line, a violent tackle by number eight, Darren Bell, junior defensive end with a great tackle for loss there on JoJo Saleem. Another big third down here for Robbie Donaldson in the Briarcrest offense. Yeah, that time he got Saleem by the jersey and just kind of slung him around down the ground. And uh, But uh, good to see JoJo's okay. 
Caught no gain on the play. So Clarkson now with two receivers on each side. Salim still on his right side. Huge play for the Saints offense. Clarkson, play action pass. That's Carroll over the open in the middle of the field. Breaks that tackle. And it's a Briarcrest touchdown. What a bounce back drive by this Briarcrest offense. Looked like he was going to be brought down number 13. Isaiah Bolden had a chance to bring him down at about the 15-yard line. Carroll breaks the tackle, and it's a Briarcrest touchdown. We have a tie ball game. Yeah, coming into the night, Max Carroll had caught eight touchdown passes, so that's number nine on the season. Cooper Allen now on to attempt the PAT. It'll be Jordan Bramlett on the long snap and Blake Clarkson, the quarterback on the hold. High snap, Clarkson controls it, kick is up. Kick is good. Cooper Allen knocks down his first PAT of the night. He's now 22 for 26 on the season. And now, huge shout-out to Max Carroll, an unbelievable record by him after that touchdown. He is now the career leader in Briarcrest for receiving touchdowns. Unbelievable accomplishment for him and his family. Very proud of him and the hard work he's put in here in this past four years in this program. Yeah, that is a big-time uh, accomplishment for Max. And, uh, uh, what a talented kid. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be really excited to see how he does at TCU, not only next year, but for the next four. Yeah, so he's going to have a fantastic opportunity there on both sides of the ball, whatever he chooses there. And two unbelievable records now he's seen so far this season, Josh, with Reed Leonard getting the most receptions and then Max Carroll right there with the most touchdowns. And if you think about it, uh, an even bigger credit to those two guys, there's been so much turbulence at the quarterback position all year. Uh, but it hadn't stopped them. Yeah, they, they probably had about in their four years, probably six different quarterbacks. That they've <laughs> three, had to, three this year. Three this year, exactly. Yeah. So now the Saints get the lead back. A little bit of release now on this side of the field. Briarcus got the momentum back. A little bit excited there on the bench. And now Cooper Allen back on the field to kick it off. Great high end over end kick. And it's going to be caught by the Eagles at about the two-yard line. Up to the 15, to the 20. That's where about where he's taken down. That was number eight, Darian Bell. Yeah, and really want to give a shout-out to the Briarcrest kickoff team. That's twice now. As you know, Parker, last couple of years, uh, Coach Stewart's been a little skittish about, you yeah. know, kicking it deep because when he doesn't get it in the end zone, the Saints kickoff team has failed at times. But both times tonight they've taken St. Benedict down just barely past the 20-yard line. Yeah, great job on the coverage there. And that was Mercaden Willis, number one, on the return, about a 20-yard return, caught about the two. The SBA will start their second drive of the night at the 23-yard line. McGafflin back in the shotgun. Antonio Adams on his left, trips right. Singer trips left, single receiver on the right. Low snap, will hand it off to Adams. Makes a man miss before he's finally taken down by the right side of that defensive line for the Saints with Brock Lessig and Aiden Hydrick. Great job by them getting a tackle for loss. Yeah, the senior Lessig made a beautiful play that time. Really just penetrated and hit the running back in the backfield. Got him for a loss. Yeah, great job, man. As you said, big hit by Lessig. And then Aiden Hydrick coming in there to help him finish it off. Second and 12 here. Big opportunity for the Saints to kind of get a stop here at the end of the quarter and kind of get more momentum going into this second quarter. McAlpha now breaks the huddle. SVA kind of taking their time. Little play clock down about 12 seconds. They'll go back to trips left. One of their main formations. A lot of their offense is out of the trips in the flex. Now you got a man in motion. McAlpha takes a snap. Looking downfield. Goes to the quick route. It's number eight. Darren Bell on the short reception, gain of about four yards. And a very late flag came out all the way on the other side of the field over here. 
Yeah, the complete other side of the field. We'll see what this is about. Either way, it's about a four-yard gain on the catch from Darren Bell. Great throw by McAfee, putting it only where Bell could go get it. Still no signal on the flag, though. It looks like it's going to be an ineligible man downfield that time. You don't see those too often, though. Not in high school. You Not really don't. Yeah. So either way, SBA will now back it up even more. I'm assuming they'll decline the penalty. So let's see how far they'll back it up. Yeah, they did confirm an eligible receiver downfield. Penalty was declined by the Saints. Interesting decision. Yeah. Could have had second and 17. Instead, it'll be about third and seven after a five-yard reception by Darren Bell. Confident in the defense here. Absolutely. I, th I mean, I think you should be. This team hasn't impressive so far these last four weeks. The most points they've allowed is 19. McGafflin takes a snap, looking downfield, drops back, lobs one up deep, and it's intercepted by Cannon LaRusso. What a play by the junior safety at the 30. 25, almost up to the 20, almost down to the 15-yard line. What a play by Cannon LaRusso, intercepting that ball at the right time. It was a great throw by McGafflin, but Cannon LaRusso read that perfectly, and now Blake Clarkson, the Briarcrest offense, We'll have fantastic field position. Yeah, LaRusso did what all great safeties do that time. He kind of tricked the quarterback into throwing it. He he laid off, laid off, and then when that ball went up in the air, he broke on it just the right time. And then he knew what to do with it when he caught it. Yeah, almost got a touchdown. Now Saints will start their drive in the red zone about the 16-yard line. LaRusso, his second interception of his junior campaign. So now Clarkson back on the field. Colin Carter to his right. Three receivers to his left with Celine back in the backfield. Clarkson takes a snap, looking to throw, looking downfield, steps up in the pocket. He'll run for it. Oh, still trying to throw it. He's got a big hit. Might have been a few yards on the on the scramble, but a huge hit there to take him down by Tony Jared, the junior defensive back. Yeah, Blake that time was under pressure, and I, 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 know, I feel your pain. He looked like he was going to run, but then he actually cocked his arm and Tried to pass it late, but I think he made the right decision to just go down and did get about a yard or two. Yeah, that was a it. smart play. Trying to, try to find Devin Johnson was the intended target. He was going to throw it. He's set up in the left corner of the end zone. Either way, smart decision by Clarkson not to force anything downfield. It'll be a gain of two as Nate Rennix checks into the game at tight end. Been seeing a little bit more time there with Max Carroll. Second and eight, minute and ten seconds to go here in the opening quarter. Clarkson hands it off to Salim. Makes a man miss. Great block by Nate Rennix, and he'll get a gain of about four yards to make it much more third and manageable. Yeah, nice blocking by the Saints and a really good job by JoJo that time because St. Benedict had some penetration, but he turned on the Jets and got outside of it and had a nice game. Yeah, great job by Salim, as you said. He's trying to build up his great performance last week against two weeks ago against Pure with 17 carries for 99 yards, his best performance of the season so far. Third and four for the Saints, Clarkson. Drops back. It's going to be swing past Salim. Makes him man miss. Great job by Salim, and he's going to be taken down. Are they going to give him the touchdown? And they will. Great job by Salim. A great job with those receivers on the left side. Reed Linder and Max Carroll setting at the blocks for him to make, make him in miss. Find his way in the end zone, and Briarcrest extends their leads out of 13-6. to six. You know, a lot of times we think of Logan Taylor as the power back, but that time JoJo Salim got to the end zone and really powered his way over two St. Benedict defenders. Yeah, it's a great point. Really, in the past two weeks, you've seen that Coach Stewart was really bragging on him in the coach show this morning, yep. showing how explosive he was and how strong those runs were last week. Touchdown still stands, but there is an unsportsmanlike 
or there is a flag on the PAT. Looks like a false start, so we'll do this again. 31 points, 32 seconds to go here in the opening quarter. Briarcrest leads 13 to 6. It was really surprising start there with SVS jumping out early, but Briarcrest kind of storming back and kind of taking control so far. Yeah, they've answered very well. Now they're back on the field for the PAT, a little bit deeper than they would wish. It'll be a 25-yard kick. Clark's in the hole. Bremlett to long snap. Allen to kick. Good snap. Good hold. Kick is up. And the kick is good. Cooper Allen knocks down another PAT. He's two for two tonight. And Briarcus leads 14 to six. We'll take a station timeout on the mighty 990. Welcome back to Clayton Field. As we're just about wrapping up the first quarter here. 32 seconds to go in. Saints have come back after giving up a touchdown early in this game on SBA's first drive. Scored 14 unanswered points. And a little bit of momentum down this side of the field. SBA had all the energy and the momentum to start this game, especially coming off to their, out of their two-game win streak. And now Coop Brown and the Briarcrest special teams kicking coverage, who's been fantastic tonight. Just another chance to make a play here. Caden Willis back to return for the Eagles. Coop Brown end over end kick, and it's going to bounce at about the five and go in the end zone, so a touchback for the Saints, and SBA will start at the 20-yard line. Yeah, and Parker, you know, I think it's uh, we, we really need to recognize this Briarcrest offense. When St. Benedict scored to take the lead, their side of the field was electric over there. They really were into it. And as you mentioned at the time, th this, this side of the field kind of was dead. So really big time for the Briarcrest offense to kind of put that momentum out and get the game back in Briarcrest's favor. Yeah, huge plays, two huge touchdowns by them. One by Jordan Slim on the swing, on the swing toss, and then another huge play by Max Carroll, getting the record. And now Axel Kaplan here might be the last play of the quarter. 31 seconds to go, and the shotgun. It's gonna be another handoff to Antonio Adams. Makes a man miss, trying to get outside of the 20 to the 25, and that's where he'll scamper out of bounds. Had a, made a couple tackles there. Saints had a chance to take him down to the line of scrimmage, but he gets out of bounds for a big gain. About a six-yard gain. Uh, well, that was one of the better stiff arms I've seen a high school player throwing. It, it reminded me of when Jordan Wilkins, Wilkins played for St. Benedict back in the day. Yeah, had a defensive lineman wrapped on his leg, kind of yeah. just shoved him off him like it was nothing and got a big seven-yard gain out of it now. 24 seconds to go. First quarter winding down here at Clayton Field. McGaffin now a little bit more spread out. Two receivers on his right, one to his left. And he's got a tight end and then a running back, Antonio Adams, in the backfield has been very impressive so far in the first quarter. McGaffin will hand it off to him again. Met at the line this time. Made a couple men miss. Mighty got back to the line of scrimmage. Great job there by John Richard Odell to make a big play. Yeah, he's a tough runner. Yeah, Adams. very perseverant runner. His second effort, and even the third effort sometimes on that last play is very impressive. Continues to make, can you make impressive runs? It'll be a gain of only two there, so third and one. And that will conclude the first quarter. Now we're going to get a chance to honor our State champion volleyball teams. I got a chance to go up and watch their final game last uh, did night. You? It was very fun, and they got a big student section out there for them. It was very Saw impressive. That. Yeah. About 60 students probably out there, and we'll take a commercial break here in the first quarter, but huge congrats to the state volleyball team. All right, and we're back at Clayton Field getting ready for the second quarter of action, a really sweet trophy presentation by the Lady Saints volleyball team as they presented their trophy from their match yesterday to their head coach, Carrie Odie, who's still battling cancer. So our thoughts and prayers are with her, and we're excited about this second quarter, Josh, and a Really impressive finish that quarter by the Saints. Out getting 14 points after SBA got the first touchdown of the game. Yeah, the Briarcrest offense did a good job of 
stomping or stopping that momentum. But yeah, you're exactly right. That presentation was a little bit teary-eyed right there to see Coach Yurdy come out. And what is that? Three out of the last four years, the ladies. Four out of the last five. Four out of the last and five. Tenth okay. total. So very impressive. From That's a that dynasty means. right there. That is a dynasty, and it's really special for the senior class. Now he's been to ex- get, got to experience three state titles. So huge third down here to start the quarter for that for the Eagles. Third and one on their own 29-yard line. And we got a flag. <laughs> the ref just looked like he threw that one for fun. It just <laughs> randomly got up in the air. Is it senior night for the referees? <laughs> they, they, they're getting a lot of air time here. They are. They're trying. <laughs> Still no sit on the call. It's like he just threw it up. We'll see here. Might be. He's not. Sh- Waving it off. Okay. So no flag on the play. Still 31 now for the Eagles. Ball on the 29-yard line. A little more in a tight formation. Look at a eye formation. Offset eye here for now for the Eagles. Saints showing pressure. Handoff up the middle to Adams. Gets outside. Gets the first down a little more. There's a flag here, so this might be coming back, and it looks like it's going to be holding. Yeah, probably will be, but I'm really impressed with Adams. He is a tough runner, and when he gets into contact, he is tough to bring down as well. Yeah, he continues to make big runs, and even though that wasn't holding there, still an impression by Adams. Had it in the middle, waiting for his blocks to develop outside and bounce outside, and we would have got the first down. And now we got a holding penalty, as we said, on the Eagles. Now back him up way back, about third and 12. Yeah, unfortunately for Adams, one of those blocks he was waiting on was a was hold. A hold. <laughs> it wasn't an awful holding call, but it was still noticeable holding call. So now we got a third and about 14, as it was behind the line of scrimmage. So now they're backed up on the 16-yard line. Just getting started here in the second quarter. Briarcrest leads SBA 14-6. McGaffin now a little bit more spread out, two on each side. He's in the shotgun. Saints so pressure, blitzing five. They swing it out wide. Smothered by Kenny LaRusso and Devin Johnson. A fantastic play right at the original line of scrimmage. So we about fourth and ten now for the Eagles. Yeah, I tell you, on that particular play, that's twice tonight. Briarcrest has really done a good job of not letting St. Benedict complete the short pass on these third and longs and then coming up and making a nice tackle and well short of the first down. Yeah, that was a great point, Josh, and they really locked in that time. Jordan Ward, number one, has been one of the best receivers in the Memphis area so far this season. 33 catches for 678 yards, most in the Memphis area. They've shut him down so far this game. Yeah, he and Caden Willis have been big players for them and uh, hadn't heard their names much tonight. Here comes a punt from the Eagles, almost blocked by the Saints. High kick. It's going to bounce at the 50-yard line and die right there. So Briarcrest will start at their at the Eagle 49-yard line. Good field position for the Saints. And Blake Clarkson and the Saints office will get the start there. He'll be joining the huddle this time by Fitton Williams, Davis Walker, Reed Linder, Caleb Donaldson, Max Carroll with the skill positions. And then same offensive line as the starters. A.J. Ramos, actually a freshman, getting his first varsity start tonight. Nice. Isaiah Robertson, Zeke Taylor, Cage Sivers, and Nate Bledsoe. Interesting to see this offensive line performance that they got a little bit better these past couple weeks. Now we got a little bit of mix up there, a couple of positions getting switched around, see if they can perform tonight for Blake Clarkson. Clarkson, the shotgun. He'll have Reed Leonard Davis Walker on his left. Fenton Williams running back on those left side. He'll hand it off to Williams. Got a little bit of a run him to the 40, to the 35. Huge, huge first down for Williams. Senior getting a big carry there. Gain of about 17 yards and a Briarcrest first down. Great job of that right side. Cade Shivers and Nate Blitz are creating a big hole for him. Yeah, nice to see the senior running back. Hadn't played a ton this year, but got a nice gain on first down for the Saints there. Yeah, huge momentum play there for the Saints. Is 
Fenton Williams there had a great week of practice there. Got to go to practice two days this week, and he really had impressive. This running back group has gotten a lot better, Josh, at the right time. Clarkson out. Four wide receivers on the left side with Max Kerr at the tight end. They'll hand it off to Williams. Fake the pass. Williams bounces outside. Gets to the 30 of the 25. He's got a blocker on the left side. And it gets down about the 22-yard line. Back-to-back -back good runs by Fenton Williams. This will be close to the first down. We'll see where they mark it. And another flag is down on the field. I tell you, the refs are, uh, are, are flag happy tonight. It's going to be holding on the wide receiver, Davis Walker. You don't see that one too often. Yeah, and I tell you, that's one of those that will drive, drive a coach crazy because the play was already about an eight- or nine-yard gain when he uh, made the hold. So uh, it'll actually, actually Briarcrest will gain a little bit on the play because he was so far downfield when the hold took place. Yeah, I think they'll just call it second and ten here. Now for the Saints, a little bit of a tight bunch formation. Now we're going to get a timeout by SBA. With 9.49 to go here in the first half, we'll take a timeout with them. We'll be right back on the Mighty 990. Hey, we're back at Clayton Field as the teams are just about to break the huddle here. Josh, what is the big key now for the Saints to kind of get back going and get extend their lead here? Well, I'm really liking the run game right now. And I tell you, you know, we hadn't seen a lot of Fenton Williams this year, but that last run, even though the hold ended up bringing it back, uh, that was beautiful. I mean, he really showed great vision and speed on that play. Yeah, great vision and speed. And even patience there waiting for those blocks. Those past two plays were very impressive by him. Now we're back and ready here. Clayton Field, 9.48 to go in the first half. Second and 10 for the Saints. Blake Clarkson still at quarterback. A little bit of a bunch set. Three receivers on the right. Three receivers on the left with Caleb, with Caleb Donaldson on the right. Clarkson. Rolls out right, looking to find Leonard. Gets him on the screen pass up to the the 30, the 25, to the 20. Out of bounds, pushed out of bounds about the 19-yard line. I'm just – I'm not a football expert. But Reed Linder needs to be playing at a high level in the college. I mean, I know he's a little bit small, but the kid's got so much speed. Uh, and speed kills. So. You can still be a very good 5 receiver. That's what Reed Leonard is. He's a special talent. I hope a high division one program to take a chance on him. Clarkson takes a snap. They gave him the first down. Rolls out under pressure. Had to throw that one away. He's about to get taken down. Great job of the Eagle defensive line. Number eight, Darian Bell. Number seven, Cameron Scott there. Two junior players that are making a big impact on this game. He got a lot of pressure there on Clarkson. Yeah, Joey Magnifico, the uh, St. Benedict coach, is uh, – very upset that that was not called intentional grounding. He is really <laughs> on the ref about that. Just kind of threw it away there. Not the. It was. It did avoid the sack. So we'll say that for Clarkson. Second and ten now. Trips. Trips left. Donaldson on the right side. Fitton Williams still in the game. Of running back. All right, sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties. We had another Fenton Williams run there for about four yards, so third and about six. Jordan Salim checks back in the game. Just under nine minutes to go here in the first half. Huge play now for Blake Clarks in the offense. They now are into the red zone. Motion Salim out right, looking for the screen pass, and they get him to the 20, to the 15. Got to about the 10, still on his feet, up to the 7, to the 5. That's where he's taken out of bounds. Unbelievable perseverance and persistence there by Jordan Salim continuing to break tackles and just tread right through the Eagle defense for a first and goal. And we talk a lot about Max Carroll catching passes. We talk a lot about Max Carroll playing defense. That time, as a wide receiver, he threw a great block that helped open that play up for JoJo. 
Without that block, it might not even been a first down, much less first and goal chance now for the Saints offense. Max Carroll at tight end still on this play. Got Devin Johnson on the left side, Salim at running back, and then Reed, Linder, and Caleb Donaldson on the right side. First and goal from the five, under eight and a half to go here. Clarkson takes a snap, throwing a back shoulder fade to Devin Johnson. It was a little bit overthrown. Had a chance there, but great coverage there by number 23 for the Eagles, Tony Gerard. Who was the very tall receiver for Houston, Brock, Brock Bice? Bice yep. He could not have caught that ball. No. That was way overthrown. It was way overthrown. <laughs> not, not a bad play goal from Robbie Donaldson down first and goal, trying to give one of your senior receivers, Devin Johnson, a chance to go make a play. Second and goal now on the five. Clarks has now got trips to the right with Devin Johnson, lone receiver on the left. Clarkson rolls out right, looking at the end zone, throws it up for Linder. Oh, oh he had a chance to make a fantastic catch. <laughs> it was a little bit back behind him on the left. Either way, not a bad throw there from Clarkson, just behind him. Breed and Linder almost made a fantastic catch, third and goal now from the five. Yeah, just a little bit overthrown there. Reed would try to keep his feet in and catch the ball, and uh, that would have been a spectacular catch. That would have been a sports center top ten yep. right there. Huge play now for the Eagle defense to try to make the field and hold hold the Saints to three, third and goal on the five. What are you, what are you trying to call up, draw up here for Robbie Donaldson? I believe you might just run the ball here with Salim. Bunt set, Linder in motion on the right, rolls out right, looking to Linder. On the run, throws it up, and it's center. Oh, he oh. dropped it, almost intercepted by the Eagles defense. Number 29, Adam O'Brien almost had a play on it. Yeah, that was uh, rolled out that time and threw it into a lot of traffic, but got away with it. So now we'll get to see, uh, I would imagine we'll see a field goal attempt. And we're going to leave the offense on the field. Oh, wow. As of now, let's see if they change it. No offense still on the field. Same formation for the Saints. Salim on the right side of Clarkson. Trips right with Devin Johnson on the left. Huge play in this ball game here. Just under eight minutes to go in the first half. Saints going for it on fourth and goal. They are going to stick with the offense. Clarkson goes up to the offensive line to tell them to play call. Play clock down to five. Clarkson to snap it. Down to three. Gets the snap off. It's going to be a... Play action has Donaldson over the end zone. A fantastic play call. Really selling the play action very well by Blake Clarkson for finding Caleb Donaldson. The junior is here for his second touchdown of the season. Yeah, Blake did a great job of selling that play action. I actually thought JoJo had the ball. I did too. But also nice job by Robbie Donaldson because you know that St. Benedict is going to be all over Reed Linder and Max Carroll. So he went to receiver number three who was open in the end zone. Yeah, fantastic job by them. And now we'll see Coop Brown come out on the field for his third PAT of the night. Once again, we Bramlett to hold. Clarkson on Bramlett to snap. Clarkson on the hold. Kick is up, and the kick is good. Coop Brown's three for three on PATs tonight, and now he's improved his PAT stat to 24 for 28. Very respectable mark for Coop Brown. Fantastic night so far in his senior night as well. The Saints lead 21 to six. We'll take a timeout. And we're back after the PAT. It was an unsportsmanlike conduct on the Saints. So that'll be enforced on the kickoff. So this time, Cooper Allen's going to have to kick it off from about the 25. Yeah, it's going to be marked at the 25-yard line. Could see a big return here from SBA if they can get the right block set up. Yeah, their return man, uh, number 10, Caden Willis, has had a fantastic season, although he hadn't done much tonight. Good job by the Briarcrest yeah, kick team. Yeah, the Saints have done a great job really on defense and special teams as well, limiting their two big weapons, Jordan Ward and Caden Willis, who's been – a weapon on special teams as well as on the offensive end. On the offense for him, he's had 638 yards and 38 receptions, which is very impressive for him. 
And it's Caden Willis deep to return. That's going to be number six, Kelvion Dotson back as well. High kick. Caught by Willis at the 15 to the 20 to the 25. Waiting for his block. So then he cannot develop a great shot by the Briarcrest kicking coverage. Finally taken down by number 37 for the Saints. Josh likes number two, Holden Day. I'm starting to wonder if either Willis is hurt or if they've just put 11 on him because 11 wasn't on our roster, yet he's playing most of the positions that uh, uh, that Willis normally plays because I haven't heard. I, I don't know that I've seen Caden Willis tonight. Not on special teams at least. They do. They are a smaller team, but, yeah, what, if one of their big players is out, it's going to make a huge difference in this game, and it looks like it has early. I've seen their best their, – Alec McAfflin's favorite target, Jordan Ward. He's got two receptions on the night. Not it on this play, though. A little bit of an offset, wide formation. Two receivers stacked on top of each other on each side. McAfflin, it's going to be a handoff on the RPO, and Adams is just smothered at the line by the Briarcrest defensive line. Cooper Thompson coming up from the defense from the linebacker position, and then Carter Boston with a big tackle for loss. Yeah, right now we've talked all night about Antonio Adams and how uh, what a how hard he is to bring down. But St. Benedict is really not challenging Briarcrest with a pass game right now, so that gives the defense a chance to key on him, and that's what happened that time. Yeah, it's really confusing and surprising to me, Josh. They haven't really tried to push the ball down the field with their offense. I mean, looking at their last two most recent region games, they've thrown the ball 32 times against Ensworth and then 43 times against Brentwood, and now another whistle. Yeah, they're they are really out of sorts right now, it seems like. They being St. Benedict. It looks like a timeout, but we did not get a signal for a timeout. Now we do get a timeout. SBA will take one with them. You're listening to high school football on the Mighty 990. And welcome back to Clayton Field. SBA just taking their second timeout of the half. They're facing a second and 12 here. They've been a little bit out of sorts this drive. Different formations they've been throwing at the Saints defense. See if they can get, keep the pressure on here. The Stevens line made a big play last time on they're fantastic running back. I told you that was really the story of their game for their offense. McGaffin now back in that double stack formation they were in last time. They ran it to Adams on the last play. Gaffin now takes a snap. Rolls out. It's actually a wildcat formation number 13, Isaiah Bolden. And he's still running behind the last scrimmage before he's finally taken down with a fantastic tackle. And we're getting another flag. That was Nate Rennix and Trace Magro on the tackle. Yeah, Devin Johnson did a great job that time with penetration. Made a big hit in the backfield, but he wasn't able to bring the runner down. But still, the rest of the Saints came up to throw him down for a loss. But like you said, Parker, there's another penalty flag on the field. We might be here till about midnight. Yeah, if we keep seeing all these flags every other play, it's going to be a long game. Interesting. Again, another face mask on the Briarcrest defense. It's going to be a first down for the Eagles at about their own 38-yard line. And that's really been a problem tonight, and I'm sure that uh, Coach Stewart will be addressing that at halftime because that's three or four major penalties against the Saints already. Yeah, it's not something you need if you're Coach Stewart in this coaching staff, especially in a huge region game like this. So SPA now with first and sit on their own 39-yard line. McAlphin now got three receivers to his right. He's checked back in the game. Now another flag. Oh, my gracious. Time to snap. Yep, 12 men on the field in a formation. You definitely can't have that. That's just not smart. That leads – I mean, it's going to happen when you have a younger quarterback, a like Kaplan, just a sophomore. 
Yeah, and that's actually the second time that's happened. That last time out that St. Benedict took, I think they were trying to avoid that. They couldn't avoid it that time, though. Gafflin now takes a snap, drops back, looking to pass, throws it, and it's right oh. to Colin Collier. What a play by him, his second interception of the season of diving catch. And that looked like that time, number 13, Isaiah Bolden, was running a different round than McGaffin must have thought he was. He's kind of running a post. McGaffin thought he was going to run a curl. Yeah, exactly. The uh, receiver and the quarterback were not on the same page that time. That made it for a very easy interception for Collier. Yeah, either way, a fantastic two-way by the Briarcrest defense. They're second in the game. That was one of my keys for them. You have to make big plays. you got to get turnovers, and you got to make Alex McGaffin uncomfortable. And you're two for two right there with those keys to the game. You're making him uncomfortable throwing two picks, and he's under some pressure as well. So Blake Clarkson now trucks back out. His fourth drive of the night. Let's not forget, this is an offense that's put up over 100 points the last two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. 59 and 58 points directly. So this is a very good offense. Clarkson now, two receivers on each side. He's got Fenton Williams back in the game in the backfield. Play action pass. Green packs to Carroll to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, just shy of the first down he's finally taken down for the Eagles by number three, Dwayne Mosley. He's had a fantastic game on the defensive side of the ball. And by the way, we honored the Lady Saints volleyball team for their state championship. There was a big game earlier uh, here, but the Lady Saints soccer team got a big win over Innsworth. Yeah, fantastic job by them. Allie Howard, sophomore, daughter of former U.S. men's national team goalie Tim Howard with the two goals for the Lady Saints. They move on to the state quarter semifinals. Fenton Williams now on the carry. On the carry. Should be enough to pick up the first down. And they march at second and one after the big screen play by Carroll. We'll see. They might have to measure this one. It's going to be very close. Yeah, we talked, uh, you know, about the Saints winning tonight and then uh, playing a good game next week, you know, maybe winning against Innsworth and to get some momentum. Uh, another thing that would be big for Briarcrest uh, in the playoffs, Fenton Williams. Yeah, he hasn't been playing much this year. If you can get a third running back established, that's going to be a huge problem for some teams. Clarkson, they give him the first down, rolls out left, has a man. Intended target was Jack Gleason, the junior receiver. Hadn't seen much playing time as well. Great coverage though by the Eagles from number 23. Tony Gerard, a junior defensive back there, limiting the room there by Jack Gleason. Not a bad throw from Clarkson, it's a little bit too low. Second and 10 now by the, for the Saints, just under five minutes to go here in the first half. And guess what, Parker? Another flag? Yep. <laughs> it's getting now where Nate Bledsoe just picks up the flag and hands it to the ref. That's the second time I've seen him do that. Yeah. That's going to be a holding on the freshman. Offensive lineman for the Saints, A.J. Amos, is making his first start for him. That's a big opportunity for him. So they're going to back it up to about first and almost 20. So first and about 20, Clarkson back in the shotgun. Two receivers on each side. Fenton Williams still in the game at running back. Takes a snap, drops back, looking downfield. Finds Luna at the 30. Makes a man miss at the 25, up to about the 24. Flames finally taken down by number 23 for the Eagles. Tony Gerard, back-to-back big plays for him. Yeah, good job that time by Briarcrest getting that yardage back and getting it more in the second and manageable. Have, wow, he actually picked up about 15 yards. But uh, uh, I tell you, Linder was one tackle away, though, from taking that to the end zone. Yeah, huge play by Gerard coming in from behind. Now another read option by Clarkson. Great job by the, Briar, by the SBA defense smothering that. No room for either play. Couldn't have handed it off to Fenton. He had two guys there. And linebackers for SBA shut down the run by Clarkson. 
Gain of about two only, so third and five here. Big play for the Eagle defense. Yeah, but I still think that was the right read by Clarkson. SBA just had great penetration that time, and if he had handed it to Williams, it would have probably been a loss. Blake was able to pick up a yard or two keeping the ball himself. Yeah, so it's a strength by Blake Clarkson at, at the quarterback position. You're going to drag a couple defensive linemen with him for a two-yard gain. So third and five now, under four minutes to go here in the first half. Briarcrest leads SBA 21-6. to six. Clarkson the shotgun. Two receivers on his right. He's got Max Carroll tight end. Takes a snap, play action pass on on the move to the right, throws it away, and that time he will get the off the intentional grounding call. I tell you what, though, number twenty nine uh, for the it was right there. I mean, the ball landed at, at his feet. We'll see what they call it. And I think a ref, another ref's coming over and pointing that out, maybe to the to the ref that threw the flag. The head judge did seem very confident of throwing that flag, but I don't know if he saw Fenton Williams or not. We'll see if they still call it intentional grounding, and they do. Wow. Huge break for the Eagle defense, and I don't really understand that. As you said, Josh, Fenton Williams is in the area. Uh, not only in the area, the ball yeah, was literally was really landed at his feet. I mean, um, earlier in the game, Joey Magnifico got a little upset at a non-call on intentional grounding, and I tended to agree with the St. Benedict coach. That was not intentional grounding that time, though. But the referee thinks it was, so that's all that matters. It's a loss of downs. Now fourth and long for the Saints. Fourth and about 14. Almost back to where we were at the beginning of this drive. So fourth and 17, actually. Offense will stay on the field. He might see one of those pooch punts from Clarkson. We saw that in the pure game. No, he's dropping back to pass. A lot of time going deep. Has Luna in the end zone, and he dropped it. Almost had a beautiful <laughs> catch. That was a beautiful ball by Blake Clarkson. Reed Leonard just cannot control it. Great over-the-shoulder throw. And you hope Reed's okay. He landed in that sand pit. He got up and then fell back down. Let's just hope he's okay. Yeah, it's not the place you want to fall down there. Tough. Looks like he's going to be okay, kind of shaking it off. Now the trainer, Alex, going to be checking on him. That's really frustrating from him. But that's an interesting call by Coach Stewart to, um, you know, fourth and long. Um, I know there, it was kind of in that no man's land, but uh, leading 21-6, to six, interesting call. Put it to you that way. Yeah, they have been really risky and taking a lot of shots here in this first half. Not bad when you're up by 21-6, to six, but really the difference was also hurt them right there. So now Oxford's Halfland, 3.22 to go in the first half. He gets back on the field. SBA will get the ball. Screen pass out wide. That's number 11, Adam O'Brien. Swing pass to Willis. Willis, excuse me. Short gain. Caden Willis on the reception. Short gain by him. So Caden Willis is 11. At least that's we, what Monty Manguno yes. just said. We've got confirmation, I guess, from their coaching staff. Yeah. So it is Willis at number 11 tonight. Nice game of info. He's finally taken down by John Richardle, who's had a fantastic year for the Saints. 54 tackles, 7 tackles, lost 3 sacks. Nothing but positive things for him coming into tonight. McGaffin now got trips light, low snap, bobbled it on the ground, handed it off to Adams, breaks the tackle, and Odo pushes him out of bounds at about the original line of scrimmage. So it might be third and ten here. Great play by him. Got to get that figure. That's the second time they've kind of had a low snap now for the Eagles. Yeah, Antonio Adams that time as he ran out of bounds, knocked the line. He's knocking down Saints players, and that time he took out the linesman over there. He's back up, though. Tough guy. <laughs> you got to be tough to play that role. <laughs> Like I've said earlier in the season, there's something nice about it in this world with all this technology that is still 
two men and a chain. Yep. Still the simple things in life that make it nice in football. Absolutely. Third and ten now, right at two and a half to go here in the first half. McGaffin in the shotgun. He got Antonio Adams on his left tip. Briarcrest defense showing a little bit of pressure. Delayed blitz coming. And we got a whistle. Oh. And everybody's just confused on why this whistle blown mid-play. Yeah, John Richard Odell, uh, he, it was a clean play. It was before now he dropped the, the flag. Yeah, well, he, he hit that kid awful hard. Now, the whistle hadn't blown yet. But this the, it's the ref on the other side of the field that threw the flag, so I don't think that's what it's for. That play just didn't make any sense. It was the flag was thrown in the middle of the play, and there was a whistle as well. It is a false start. They just called it a little bit too late. You don't really yeah. see that often. Either way, nice break for the Saints. Third and 15 now. I think the refs are getting paid by the penalty. They might be. The more flags they can throw, the better. Uh, I guess. You know. Or the longer they can keep us in the stands, <laughs> or the press box in our case. Third and 15 now. Saints don't show as much pressure to screen pass out wide to Adams. Trying to cut outside and shoved by Colin Collier, and he's finally second down by him and Max Carroll as well for a gain of about one. Great job by the two star secondary players for the Saints, closing in on their very talented running back, Antonio Adams. This is force another punt now for the Eagles. It'll be number 22, Tyler Westfall on the kick. Yeah, that was a beautiful job that time by Collier because he came up and made the initial hit. But the running back, Adams, as he – tends to do did not go down immediately but Kaya really stayed with it and then of course he had Max Carroll come in to help him finish it off. Yeah I, would not want to, I don't think anyone out here wants to get tackled by those two very talented players. So fourth and 16 now timeout Briarcus will stay here with this one about a 30 second timeout they're already getting ready to go back out there so two minutes 11 seconds to go you get it with about two minutes Josh. Do you try to push the ball on field and get another touchdown here right before the half? Oh yeah I think you do. Uh, Briarcrest should get uh, you know with even though St. Benedict is, uh, you know, kicking from the balls out at the 28, mm -hmm. their punter really hadn't shown that he can kick it deep, and then you've got both Salim and Linder. So I think I say all that to say this. I think the Saints will get good field position. Yeah, I think you go for it. Yeah, so you also still have two timeouts, so you can use your right. disposal. And Linder and Salim are back at only their own 45-yard line, so expect great field position for Blake Clarkson in the offense. St. Benedict's really had difficult getting the right personnel in the field all night. Yeah, they've been struggling here, especially on special teams right now. Westfall, good snap. Almost got it blocked by Ken LaRusso. High wobbly kick. Linder will catch it at his own 48. Gets to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 30, to the 35, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Reed Linder. What a play by the Briarcrest special teams coverage. Fantastic kick. It wasn't a bad kick, wobbly kick, but Leonard makes the most of it and gets a 52-yard touchdown return, and Briarcrest now leads 27-6, and they don't need those 2 minutes and 11 seconds. They just needed one play by Reed Linder. Okay, my voice is bad tonight, so I'm just <laughs> going to say three things. D1 player, right there. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that this kid needs to be playing at least mid-major Division One football. He is a special talent. I think every college in America that is not taking a tail is missing out on this very talented player. Are you listening? University of Memphis? <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Ole Miss. Auburn. Think, I, I would love him in Auburn. He'd be a playmaker. Reed Linder now. His sixth touchdown of the season, his first one on special teams. Allen's PAT was a lower kick. 
And Coop Brown makes his fourth PAT in the night. Now Briarcrest leads 28-6 with 1.57 to go in the first half. We'll take a timeout here. You're listening to Briarcrest football on the Mighty 990. All right, and we're back here at Clayton Field. Briarcrest leading SBA 28-6 here on senior night for the Saints. We got to honor the football players earlier before the game. Now we get to honor the rest of the fall sports staff, including the cheerleaders during halftime. And I want to tell our listeners that our own Parker May was honored by the football team along with all the other seniors for the great job you've been doing the last three years on these broadcasts. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a very special night. Very happy to be a part of this team, and it's been a really special blessing for me. It's Coop Brown, and we're back to the pooch kicks. Caught at the 20 by Adams. Up to the 30, to the 35, almost to the 40-yard line. That was Antonio Adams here on turn. Great return by him. 20-yard turn. Now he's making an impact on special teams as well. You know, again, I said earlier I'm not an expert, but I do not understand that pooch kick in that situation. The Saints have been kicking it deep all night and have been getting an excellent uh, job by their kick team. Um, and the first time they pooch kick, they give St. Benedict great field position. It's almost been a touchback every time. I think the worst time Cooper Owens kicked it, they got them on the 20-yard line and now. SBA will start their own 40-yard line with still a minute 49 to go, and they have one time to their disposal. Still a big chance for them to get some points on the board before half. Broadcast will get the ball to start the second half, however. McGafflin drops back to pass. They were back in that double-stack formation, looking deep, rolls out right. Brandon Myers with a big tackle wow. there, brings him down from behind. A very impressive play by him. He just continues to impress me every week, Josh. I mean, 31 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, six sacks, commands it tonight. Makes a big player there. Now we're going to get a timeout on the field. Yes, yeah, so the Briarcrest uh, not satisfied with the 28-6 lead. They're going to try, try to tack some more points on before halftime. Yeah, I, I, something you would expect, something like this from Briarcrest, that you'd think they'd be content trying to make it stop and see what happens. Sometimes I'd wait and see what happens after second down. Right. If they make a big play here from the Eagles, you, you kind of regret that timeout, but either way, Shows the faith Brandon Tucker and Brian Stewart have in their defense. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say, Brian. You know, Coach Stewart and Brandon Tucker have shown a lot. You know, when they went forward on fourth and long, uh, I think the confidence in the defense was the probably the biggest reason they did that. Yeah, especially if they're giving that touch on the opening drive, the continually faith and trust is they have to have in this year. It's really impressive. Looks like all the uh, fall athlete parents are about to come out, as I, I guess those young people are going to be – Honored at halftime. Yeah, we got our cheerleaders, volleyball players, soccer, golf, and cross-country athletes will be honored during a short ceremony at halftime. Now we're back ready for action. Minute 34 to go left in the first half, second and nine for the Eagles. SVA's gone back to their double stack formation with two receivers on each side stacked on top of each other. McAffron on the shotgun and Antonio Adams, the running back. Drops back to pass. Under pressure, steps up. Almost taken down, he'll throw it out of bounds. Brandon Myers and Brock Lessig bringing some pressure once again. So a huge 39 here now. We're looking back on it, Josh, that was a great timeout call <laughs> by Brian Stewart. Third and nine, minute 26, got a good chance to get the ball back. Yeah, and what a good job that time by the Briarcrest defensive front. Really quarterback there for uh, St. Benedict, uh, McAlpin, really never had a chance and uh, really did a good job of just getting rid of the football. Huge play now for the SBA offense, trying to extend this drive. Get a little of things going right here before half. After scoring the first six points, Brockers come out, score 28 unanswered. 39 here, McAfflin. Now they'll change up the formation. Trips to the right side. Single receiver on the left. Adams still in the game at running back. Wonder Steer almost looks offsides down here. Uh, he is offside, yeah. 
double fake, and it's not fooling the Briar Cuts defense. And Tony Adams is smothered by Brandon Myers and John Nutshell. They combined for the big tackle floss. Now Brian Stewart. I think, I believe he will take his last time out of the half right here. And there's actually way across the field another oh, penalty another. flag down. Could be a face mask or a holding. We'll see what the call is. A legal formation. As it should be, the five-yard penalty from the Saint, from the Eagles is declined. Now Briarcrest take the, their final time out of the half, putting the punt team in chance to get the ball back without a minute to go. So very impressive stop by the Briarcrest team with some great coaching and decision-making on that drive. Yeah, I tell you, it was funny, uh, Parker. The uh, you pointed it out that the uh, wide receiver standing right in front of a referee was a good three feet off sides. Yet that referee, after all the flags, you it would was think, the ref on the other side of the right. field that called it. I don't know how he saw it, but that ref right in front of us did not. Either way, it'll be fourth and about 18. SBA will punt after that huge play by Brandon Myers, his second tackle for loss on the drive, and then Brock Lessig combining for that one. Fourth and 18. Their punter, Tyler Westfall, will come out for his fourth punt of the night. Joe Joe Sleeman, Reed Leonard back to return. And I'm SBA. I'm not kicking it near either one. Uh, yeah, that, well, that's pick your poison with those two back there. It's kind of. I wouldn't kick it at either one. Uh, I'd just kick it out of bounds, I think. Because <laughs> last time they were standing about the 40 is when Linder took it back for six. Westfall about ready to kick it off. Staying on zone 20. High snap wow. almost over its head. Barely gets the punt away, and they're going to let it bounce at the 40-grade SBA Eagle bounce. And it looks like the Eagles might have recovered it. Bounce off the leg of Devin Johnson. Huge break for the Eagles. There is a flag that we'll see what the penalty is, but this probably will be Eagle football. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this penalty is because the ref threw that out early. SB offense is back on the field, and the Briarcrest defense set on the field, so we'll see if they will have to change, but... As of now, the SBA will get the football back with a minute and eight seconds to go. And on the Saints 32-yard line, huge break for them. And that was for my keys. You can't have any specialty mistakes. We've seen a couple of those earlier this year, and that's a big one right there. And that was really an unfortunate thing for Briar Crest because the high snap caused the punter to just kick the ball very high in the air. And then when it landed, it just took a wicked St. Benedict bounce. And the Briar Crest player just, you know, didn't know where the ball was, and it bounced off of him. After the two points, it is still SBA football after the recovery. After the great bounce by that kick from number 22, <laughs> Tyler Westfall, it bounced off the back of the leg of Devin Johnson. SBA player jumped right off the top of it. Very smart play by them. So now they still got one timeout, minute and eight seconds. They're on the Briarcrest 36-yard line. Great chance for them to get some points for half. Well, great kudos there to Tyler Westfall for fielding, for catching that punt. Unbelievable catch. Yeah, turn, turn that – Turned into a big play for St. Benedict. He kind of shut off his vertical jump right there. Yeah, exactly. Westfall back in the game at quarterback. Two receivers to his right. Now motion to tight end out to the left. So two receivers on each side. Adams still in the game at running back. Drops back to pass under pressure. Screen pass out to the left side. Caught by number one for the Eagles. Ward. There might have been a flag on that play. Nope. Devin Johnson there with the tackle. Gain of about five. Yeah, St. Benedict's had a lot of success tonight with those screen passes. Got five yards there. Kind of similar to what Christian Bush tried to do against Pryor. Because a lot of screen passes and an outside runs, and it's kind of been working for SBA. It's kind of how they got the momentum. Clock's still running. Only one timeout for SBA. 
Down in about 35 seconds. They need to go quick if they want to get something going. McAfflin drops back the pass, looking downfield, going deep to the end zone. Almost intercepted by Colin Collier. Excuse me, Devin Johnson almost had that one. Incomplete now, 27 seconds to go. It'll be third and six for the Eagles. Yeah, McAlpin has a bad habit, if you're a St. Benedict fan, of just really uh, just throwing the ball up in the air, kind of, and, and Briar Chris has already picked off a couple of them. I should have had one there. Yeah, some of those things I kind of have to learn from a younger quarterback as again. McLaughlin, only a sophomore, but it kind of shows a trust Joey Magnifico, the head coach, kind of has in his quarterback. So big third and six play now for the Eagles. 27 seconds to go in the first half. SBA trails Briarcrest 6-28. to 28. McAfflin got tripped right. Single receiver on the left. Low snap. Drops back under pressure. Be a screen pass and just kind of throw that one away. Adams was not ready for that football. Third and six on the 32-yard line. 21 seconds to go. We'll see how they play this one out. Yeah, Antonio Adams that time really just never had a chance. It's actually going to be fourth down. Uh, he was a little slow marking that. So, so I, get, I would assume... Fourth and six at St. Benedict will. Uh, I have to see the offense on the field. Right, yeah. Looks like that's what they're going to do here. McLaughlin goes to the sideline, get the play call from their offensive coordinator. Yeah, Antonio Adams on that last play, the Briarcrest, they tried the screen pass, but the rush was really got in there too quickly for him to be able to get open. Offense stay on the field for the Eagles, McLaughlin, and now there's going to be a timeout by the Eagles. They'll take their last <laughs> one of the half. They kind of waited to the last second on that one. Playcock was down to two seconds, so smart by them. 21 seconds to go, and we'll keep it here. And What's been the most impressive thing about this kind of comeback, if you will, scoring 20 on an unanswered for the Saints? Well, I think one of the things, the big key to it, Parker, has been the Briarcrest coaching staff has been very aggressive all night. I mean, they've gone forward on fourth downs. Even though it kind of came back to bite them a little bit there, they were calling timeouts early, uh, you know, uh, and to get the ball back. And then, you know, the running game has been big. But, uh, you know, now I'm kind of going all over the place. But the big passes to a Reed Linder as well. And, of course, Reed's a punt return. Yeah, Reed has continued to make play for the team. It's really impressive. And as we said all night, he needs to be playing divisional football somewhere. That's, that can be our takeaway from tonight if it has to be in. Offense will stay on the field now for the Eagles. And Joey Magnifico, their head coach in his second season there. You know, one thing, Parker, early in the year, Briarcrest was really having a lot of trouble special teams, block punts, and just a lot of mistakes. Uh, they have really cleaned that up, and now it's become a strength of the team. It has become a strength. That's why I was so shocked to see that error right there on that last play. That was just kind of unfortunate, though. McGaffin now back in the shotgun, looking to throw. Quick pass out there. It's in there. incomplete right <laughs> through the hands of number 11. Unbelievable. Kaden Willis had a chance, might have even had the first down. And now the offense is going on the field, and you might just need to knee this out here if you're Briarcrest. Yeah, go to a knee, leading 28-6, to six, only about to what, 15 seconds to go? Yeah, yeah, 15 seconds to go here. Kind of smart here. Just go to the half with your leading. You will get the football back start the right. second half, so a huge chance for them as well to extend it. Clarkson's been very well tonight. I feel like a lot of people are still a little bit low on him, underrated as he's – People still think of him as a linebacker, backup right. quarterback. This is a legit quarterback, and people start taking him seriously. He's playing very well tonight against a pretty good Eagles team. He plays within himself. Yes. He doesn't try to do things that he can't do. Doesn't try to do too much, and Brockers is kind of going a little bit spread here. They subbed in their deep threat. Caleb Donaldson, Clarkson was rolling <laughs> out, and that's going to be a false start. <laughs> we were saying we thought they'd take a knee, but uh, Robbie Donaldson and Coach Stewart had something else up, the, up their sleeve. Yeah, no timeouts. So you're going to have to do something pretty quick here. I don't know. No flat, but just I don't think the refs are ready. 
Yeah, still first and 10, 14 seconds to go in the first half. Clarkson at the 32-yard line. Donaldson on the right side, trips left, slim in the backfield. Clarkson takes a snap, rolls out to the left. Looking to Devin Johnson on the sidelines, threw his hands in a big hit from number three to Wayne Mosley on the incomplete pass. Eight seconds to go, so we get one more play out of this. Now you might just need to take it to a knee. You'd think so. It looked like they were trying to set up the old hook and ladder that time, and we're going to get it to Johnson on the sideline. Max Carroll was kind of hanging back behind him, uh, but the pass was high. That's right. That play would at least gotten you closer to where you had a better shot at a Hail Mary downfield with Clarkson's big arm. Still second and ten, eight seconds to go. Back in the same formation now for the Saints. Clarkson takes a snap, rolling out again. They might try the hook line. Nope, Clarkson's going way downfield. Has Donaldson. Almost oh. had him in stride. That would have been a huge play. That'll be another half. Briarcrest leads 28-6 going to the half. And we'll throw back to Josh Javier for the halftime show. From the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show. Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. Here's Josh Rivera. Welcome back here to the Halftime Show in the Mighty 990 Studios. Briarcrest currently leading the St. Benedict Eagles 28-6. Really big, impressive first half for the Saints. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to Max Carroll, who's Breaking some records, all-time receiving catches in Briarcrest history. So, uh, and also just, I mean, really uh, nice to do it on Senior Night over there in Briarcrest. So, really great stuff going on. It looks like Briarcrest is going to hopefully pull away. I mean, you, with this big lead, you got to imagine that they're going to secure this lead until the end of the game, uh, which is exactly what they needed to do. You know, one of the points I had for this Briarcrest team was to uh, go ahead and. Make it a quick game. You know, a, a win here would be three wins in the last four, which could be just the momentum that you need uh, going, facing off against Endsworth next week. And then, of, of course, the playoffs. Uh, and you want to make sure you have a win, at least in the division, because if you drop this game, you're winless in the division for sure. And, and that's not going to be the case, at least right now, for Briarcrest. So 28-6, to Saints leading. Uh, we're going to jump into some other scores, uh, and we're going to start out with last night. We had several games happening uh, last night, and uh, we're going to start with Wooddale and Craigmont. You know, Wooddale still has not been able to capture their first win of the season. They're currently 0-9. They fell to Craigmont 0-48. to So Craigmont beating them by 48 points in a shutout win. Craigmont advancing to an 8-1 record. Really, really incredible season for Craigmont. Did not see this coming, and a lot of people didn't see this coming. Uh, this is one of the best seasons they've had in quite some time. Uh, and, and so congratulations to the Craigmont uh, to, to Craigmont's football team. Still got some games left to go, but you know having an 8-1 record ahead of the playoffs is really, really huge for them. Southwind and Overton. Southwind winning 28-6 last night. Southwind securing a 7-2 record, and then Overton dropping to 3-6. And, and then we have Hamilton and Tresvant. We have Tresvant uh, losing to Hamilton 28-12. Both teams now 3-6. We have Lausanne. Lausanne 7-1. After last night's victory, they beat South Gibson 35-14, to and now South Gibson is looking at a 5-4 and record. We also have MUS and Pure Youth Academy. MUS winning 28-7, MUS improving to 7-2 and overall, and Pure uh, falling to 2-7. And then we, have, uh, we also have MASE. They, uh, they beat Halls 56-0, um, and now MASE, they are actually a 9-0 and team. But like I said... For a lot of people, they're just not in that top three range because of the teams they've played. They've kind of played some weaker teams compared to some of the other teams 
uh, in Memphis. But it does, you know, nine and zero still means nine and zero. So they're still a top ten. Uh, in my book and for a lot of people's book as well. You also have, uh, we're going to jump actually into some current scores. These are some of the games being played right now. Bartlett and Collierville, one of the biggest games going on in Memphis right now, both tied 7-7. to Kind of what I expected between those two uh, football teams. Then you have Lake Cormorant, New Hope. Lake Cormorant leading 28-3. to We also have Houston High School over there in Mississippi. Not the Houston uh, Mustangs. This is another Houston team in Mississippi. They're playing Ripley. And Houston's leading 13 to zero against them. Then we have South Panola and DeSoto Central. South Panola leading 21 to zero. We also have South Haven undefeated. South Haven, I should say, they're leading against Lewisburg 28 to zero. Then we have Houston High School here in Memphis. They're leading Arlington 23 to zero. Then we have uh, North Delta and Lee Academy. Lee Academy's leading 14 to zero. They have Germantown and White Station. Right now, White Station is losing. Against Germantown, 35 to zero. Christian Brothers and Central. Christian Brothers leading 35 to zero. Really big for them. They definitely need that win as they're a four and four team right now. North Point and Sheffield. I actually expected this game to be a lot closer. You know, Sheffield's a six and two team. This team has been pretty impressive this season, but I'm surprised they're actually they're not they're scoreless right now against North Point. North Point leading 35 to zero. They have Haywood and Covington again. Covington really really needed this win because. They're one of the top teams in Memphis, but they're losing right now to undefeated Haywood 20-0. Harding and Fayette Academy. Fayette Academy leading 21-0. FACS and Tipton Rosemark Academy. Close game over there, but Tipton Rosemark is currently leading 14-12. They have Olive Branch and Center Hill. Olive Branch leading 13-3. Starkville and Oxford, two Mississippi teams. Uh, Starkville leading 28-7. You have Wynn and Paragold. Wynn leading 35-0. And then Millington Central leading 24-0 against McNary Central. So that's going to be it for the scores in the halftime show. We're going to come back uh, and we're going to talk about some of the players of the week candidates and, of course, the player of the week for the fan vote over there in the Daily Memphian. They have really great stuff. And I want to highlight some of the top players from week nine, the week that we actually didn't broadcast because it was a bye week. So I want to fill you in on some of the top players from last week's scores that you may have missed out on. And then after that, we're going to talk about the Mighty 990 Top 10 rankings my personal top 10 in the city of memphis we'll have all of that and then a quick scores recap after this commercial break now back to the beer financial advisors halftime show with josh Rivera. welcome back to the halftime show here sponsored by peer financial advisors plan invest evolve retire confidently with peer financial advisors and right now before we jump into some of the players of the week i want to give you a quick recap of briarcrest and st benedict right now briarcrest leading 28 to 6 we have a whole other half to go. It's senior night over there in Briarcrest. And congratulations to Max Carroll for being the all-time receiving catcher in Briarcrest history. Really big stuff for Max Carroll, the uh, the uh, great a great wide receiver over there for uh, the Saints. We're going to jump into, uh, like I said, the uh, player of the week. Last week we didn't broadcast. It was a bye week for Briarcrest, and we missed out on some big games. Uh, but, you know, the voters, they, they definitely made it clear who they wanted as the high school football player of the week for week nine. And that goes to T. Perry. T. Perry is a actually he's the running back for MUS, and they had a really really big game uh, um, coming off of uh, in a very close. They came off a really big game in last week's victory against Christian Brothers High School. It was a close game, twenty one to fourteen. Big rivalry over there, but they kept the ball for over thirty three of the forty eight minutes, and they had a lot of big scoring drives, and that includes Perry's. His running was really crucial to the effort of. 
uh, of their victory. And you look at uh, his stats, you know, he had 102 yards, 34 carries, and he had scored two touchdowns. And one of those touchdowns is actually the game winner midway in the fourth quarter. So really big for T. Perry as, you know, MUS improved to uh, a really a good record. Um, you know, they actually uh, improved the, the, their record to 6-2, and two, uh, and, and they put them in a position to finish uh, in the top of their region if they can uh, obviously pull away against Brentwood Academy next week. Um, so really big stuff over there for the MUS running back T. Perry. And some of the other players that actually were in consideration were Antonio Adams for St. Benedict, who's actually playing tonight versus Briarcrest. You look at Antonio Adams, he had he got into the uh, end zone three different times to uh, to help that team beat uh, Bluff City for their second straight victory. Uh, he scored on a four-yard run. He caught a 98-yard pass, and he returned 61 yards uh, as the Eagles uh, pulled away in a big game for them last week. So really big stuff. Adams had 258 all-purpose yards. And then we're going to go down to Cordova. Devondre Collins, he was really, really good for the Cordova Wolves in a non-region game against Kingsbury. He actually completed 12 out of 15 passes, nearly 300 yards. He had 282 and then two touchdowns when they won uh, their second win of the season, 40-12. to 12. Big stuff for Devondre Collins. He was in consideration. Jamarion Dowell for Covington. Uh, you know, this is the Mr. Football uh, who he actually had a really great game against Dyer County. He ran for 132 yards, 15 carries, four touchdowns. And that was their seventh straight victory. Unfortunately, right now, Covington is down against Haywood, 20-0. to zero. But especially last week, Jamarion Dowell, he had a really, really big game. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to pull away. Uh, Kevin Garrett for Kip Academy. He's one of the actual big, uh, big standing, uh, big standout freshmen in the area. Really big win against MLK Prep, and uh, you know he had 217 yards, nine carries. He actually scored on runs of, uh, he actually scored on multiple runs, 91, five, nine, and 75, and he actually threw for 62 yards uh, in that 44 to six victory. And then of course Jack Patterson for North Point. He's actually the area's leading uh, passing leader. And he had completed 14 out of 21 passes for 204 yards and a touchdown as uh, that North Point team, they got their first Division II AA West region victory of the season, winning 20-17 to over ECS. Now, one thing that I do want to jump to is actually uh, the, the, uh, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl All-Star coaches that were nominated that were actually going to be leading the, uh, the, the All-Star game. Uh, and so congratulations to... Uh, to Tyler Gold and James Thomas, who both are going to be named as the head coaches of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl High School All-Star Game. Um, so congratulations to them. That game is going to be on December 10th at Stoke Stadium. That's going to be played at MUS. Uh, and so both coaches, they're going to be attending that game. Uh, really, really big stuff for them. Assisting also, you know, assisting Gold on the blue team is going to be Collierville's Joe Racconi. We have CJ Marshall of Bolton also joining. Whitehaven's Rodney Salisbury, and then Slade Calhoun of Mumford, really well-deserved for Mumford over there, and then Tommy Miller of Arlington. And then on the red team for Thomas's team, his assistants are going to be Frederick Copeland of Fairley, Joe Magnifico of St. Benedict, and then Mel Rose's Derek Bobo, and then Keith Settler of Cordova, and then Mitch McDaniel from FACS. So really big stuff for those coaches over there. That game, again, is going to be at 2.30 p.m., uh, uh, on uh, it's gonna it's not gonna be until December, so that game's not gonna be until December 10th again at Stoke Stadium over there in the MUS campus. But it's gonna be a 2:30 game. It's gonna be $10 tickets, five dollars for kids under six. 
Uh, and if you look at last year, the blue team did win last year's game 37 to zero. And that's going to cut to the Reds lead in the all-time series to 10 to nine. So that's going to be really exciting to see what happens over there in December for that all-star game, but well-deserved for these coaches, really big stuff for them. Excited for them. And uh, when we come back, guys, I'm going to finish off with my Mighty 90, Mighty 990 top 10 teams in the Mid-South in Memphis and then uh, give you a quick score recap before we toss it back to Josh Davis and Parker May for the second half of Briarcrest and St. Benedict. Guys, we'll have all that when we come back with this commercial break. Now, back to the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the Halftime Show here in the Mighty 990 studios. And uh, I definitely want to jump into my Mighty, 90, Mighty 990 top 10 teams in Memphis. We're going to jump to number 10, Melrose, who've had a really impressive season. Uh, Melrose, for me, they, they're right on the outside of number 10. A lot of teams didn't make it, but you know, I, mean, I think there's a lot of really good football teams in Memphis. So number nine, I do have Germantown. They did slip a little bit. You know, they actually were in contention for top three for most of the season until they dropped uh, two games in a row, which has been really tough for the Red Devils, although they are currently leading White Station 35-0, to but this is beforehand. This is before all these games. Germantown is my number nine team. Then we have MASE. Again, an undefeated team, but MASE, again, they've, they've played some pretty lackluster teams, so I don't have them in the top five. Uh, I think number eight is a pretty good spot because all these other teams that I have uh, uh, in front of uh, MASE, they, they've played better teams, and I think they're overall a better football team, but I think number eight is pretty good for them. Uh, as they did get a really big victory actually last night against Halls, 56-0, and they improved to 9-0. So number eight, it seems good for them. MUS, they're number seven. They actually improved uh, uh, to a 7-2 victory a record with their victory against Pure Academy, 28-7. They're my number seven team. They've actually uh, rallied back from kind of a, a weird stretch, MUS, um, but I think a number seven is very deserving. Number six is Bartlett. Um, they've actually had a really great season so far. I think Barlett is well-deserved, but not close enough to get to that number five, to that top five, because I have five with Houston. I think Houston has shown time and time again they they win the big games. Uh, Houston's a really good football team. They have a lot of big weapons, uh, uh, Damon Sisa being one of them. For sure, I think this team is loaded. I think they're, they're able to beat any team, um, so I think five suits them just right. Number four is Covington, who's actually losing right now. Uh, against Haywood, twenty to zero. But this is this team has been really impressive over the stretch of the season, uh, but not as impressive to me as Collierville, who's th- uh, who's number three on my on my rankings. Collierville, they they, they did slip up and lose one game, but I think uh, with that game aside, they have definitely dominated the entire season. And granted, they did play some easier teams, but they took care of business when they needed to. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get it done uh, just one time this season. But definitely a great team. Uh, at number three, number two, Lausanne. And you know, Lausanne actually started the power rankings for a lot of te- for a lot of rankings uh, at number one before the season started, and they dropped. You know, they actually lost to Bartlett early in the season, and they went from number one to like five to seven for a lot of people. But now they're back for me at number two because that one loss against Bartlett was the only time they slipped. They've dominated the rest of the season, so I think that number two seed fits them well. They have an incredible quarterback, that Ohio State uh, Comet. Uh, co- uh, commit and he's been playing uh, just uh, just incredible and then of course number one I think you expected this Mumford they're the top team in football in Memphis uh, Mumford has just absolutely dominated the entire season it seems that they're going to be one of the only teams in Memphis to have an undefeated record great great uh, play from the Mumford Cougars I think they've definitely uh, uh, deserved to be that top spot 
uh, as we continue the rest of the season. Uh, it's gonna. I'm just going to fill you in on some last-minute scores just so you're in the know, and then we'll throw it back to Josh Davis and Parker May. Uh, Barlett and Collierville, they're tied at 7-7. Seven and seven. Lake Cormorant and New Hope, 28-3. Houston, Mississippi, and Ripley, 13-0. Houston's leading. South Panola and DeSoto Central, South Panola's leading 21-0. South Haven and Lewisburg, undefeated South Haven, they're leading 28-0. Houston and Arlington, Houston leading 23-0. Lee Academy and North Delta, Lee Academy leading 14-0. Germantown, 35 to White Stations, 0 uh, Christian Brothers and Central, Christian Brothers leading 35 to 0. North Point and Sheffield, North Point leading 35 to 0. Haywood and Covington, Haywood leading 20 to 0. Fate Academy and Harding, Fate Academy leading 21 to 0. Wow, a lot of zeros across the board. I gotta notice that. FACS and TRA, FACS uh, down against TRA 12 to 14, close game over there. Olive Branch and Center Hill, Olive Branch leading 13 to 3. Starkville leading 28 to 7. And win leading 35 to Paragold, who has zero. And then Millington Central leading against McNary Central, 24 to zero. So guys, that's going to be it for the halftime show. I definitely want to thank our halftime sponsor, Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. We're going to throw it back to Josh Davis and Parker May for the second half of Briarcrest Football, who are currently leading 28 to six. We'll have all of that when we get back with this commercial break. Briarcrest Football. Powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Sponsored by Magnolia Homes, live life well. Peer Financial Advisors, plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently. Independent Bank, a better way to bank. Way to bank. Rando Frame and Gallery, and Weimer's Jewelry. Live from high atop Clayton Field in the Ray Mullins Press Box, here's Josh Davis and Parker May. And we are back here at Clayton Field, the Ray Mullins Press Box, ready for another half in Briarcrest football as the Saints lead the Eagles 28 to six here. We're just about underway, just about two minutes to go until the start of the third quarter. And really, what stuck out to me in the first half is really the big playmakers that the Saints have had. We've had Reed Leonard making a big play, huge momentum swing there with the punt return for the touchdown. Then Max Carroll, nothing but praise for him tonight, broke the all-time career touchdowns record in Briarcrest school history. That's an unbelievable record. That's going to be hard to beat for the rest of this school history. Very impressive. And, Josh, what's one thing that really stuck out to you on the defensive side of the ball? Well, on the defensive side of the ball, as we pointed out earlier, Parker, you know, St. Benedict had scored over 100 points in their last two ball games and had come into this game as one of the leading offenses in Shelby County. And Bud Briarcrest, and they had some success early with uh, Antonio Adams running the football. But I was really impressed with, uh, I think, really – the way the Saints picked up their intensity on defense. Uh, and once they did that, they have shut St. Benedict down. And uh, hopefully the Saints will come out strong here in the second half, maybe get a running clock going, and uh, <laughs> it'll maybe we can make up for all those penalties the refs uh, threw in the first half. Yeah, that's a great point. Really trying to build the end of that second half. Blake Clarkson, seeing him warming up on the near sideline right in front, so we'll get the Saints to start on offense in the first drive of the game. We'll see here as we get later in this third in the fourth quarter. At what point does Coach Stewart try to implement some different players in on special teams, especially on offense and defense? Yeah, I was just noticing Hudson Tucker warming up. He's warming up as if he's uh, – well, that was kind of a lazy throw there. But earlier he was really uh, zipping them all in there like he kind of thinking he might the, be coming still in. Still has the penny jersey in for the right. play calling, but I would definitely expect to see Hudson Tucker at least in the fourth quarter if this game continues to be like it was in the first half. Just about ready to get things going here in the third quarter. SBA will kick. It'll be their kicker. And punter, Tyler Westfall. 
senior, sophomore, excuse me, kicker. Done pretty well tonight on both ends, kicking and punting. And then deep to return for the Saints, it'll be Devin Johnson and Reed Linder. Once again, Reed Linder earlier this afternoon before the game, got a huge offer from UT Martin. Huge congrats to him. He deserves that and many more offers to come. Hopefully. I Absolutely. think he deserves them. Very hard worker. All right, just about ready now. Westfall getting lined up. SGA once again struggling to get lined up on special teams. Yeah, I, you know, we've talked a lot about Joey Magnifico coming back to his alma mater. Uh, but they do not they do not appear very well coached tonight. Now, we have this is the only game we've seen. But sure. This is a younger team, though. Take that into account. Not a lot of seniors, a lot of sophomores and juniors getting a lot of playing time under the bright lights here. Now we're ready to go here for Briarcrest football in the second half. Low kick, and they might have kicked out of bounds. And Linder tries to let it go out of bounds, and it finally does with <laughs> the five-yard. got a little bit worried there. Well, it literally rolled about one inch inside the uh, the out-of-bounds line for about 15 yards before it finally went out of bounds. But that was St. Benedict, in my opinion, kind of waving the white flag as far as Reed Linder. Like, we are not – we'd rather kick the ball out of bounds and give you the ball in the 35 than let number 10 touch the football. Waving the white flag and kind of a sign of respect as well. Like, right. We do not want you anywhere near the football with a chance to run another kick back. And Blake Clarkson will start the drive at the 35-yard line. He'll be joined this time by Logan Taylor in the backfield. Reed Leonard and Davis Walker to his left. Max Carroll and Devin Johnson to his right. And we have a timeout St. Benedict on the before the first play from scrimmage of the half. That's incredible. Yeah, they, I don't think I've ever seen that on defense. I've, on the first play. I've never – yeah, but then they're, they're really having a difficult time getting the right personnel out on the field, so had to call a timeout. No one's really going away. Might just be a substitution timeout in a way. They're staying on the field. Coaches aren't coming out of the field. No one's going to the sideline, so I think we'll stay right here. First and ten now, about ready to go. Clarkson's getting the play call. Same formation with Taylor in the backfield. Saw a lot of Fitton Williams. Yeah. Big three for running backs here. A lot of them bring a little bit different something to the table. See what Logan Taylor can bring here on this opening drive of the third quarter. Clarkson takes a snap. He'll hand it off to Taylor. Breaks a couple tackles. Gain of about six yards. Great job by Logan Taylor. Breaking a few tackles at the line of scrimmage and carrying another defender on his rear. It's about the 41-yard line for a six-yard gain. Yeah, good job that time by the right side of the Briarcrest offensive line. Shivers and Bledsoe opened up at a big hole that time. Yeah, very talented right side of that line. Clarkson now got trips for left. Read option. Clarkson with the keeper to the 45, to the 50. Push out of bounds at about the 47-yard line. Number three, Dwayne Mosley seemed to be calling his name a lot on defense. His fifth tackle of the evening. Yeah, Blake Clarkson once again makes a great um, uh, decision on the read option, and it makes it easier when you have a big running play from Logan Taylor on the previous play, so you know the defense is kind of keying on him. But, Blake, another good decision. Yeah, great job. Another very, very smart one run by Blake Clarkson. Picks up a Bracus first down, now in Eagle territory. Max Carroll now in at tight end. Clarkson takes a snap, looking to throw. Another screen pass to Linder. Makes a man miss, stays on his feet. Ball pops out, and Linder does look like to recover it. We'll see. Linder does recover it. Loss of one, though. Very scary play, though, for Linder. Yeah, a little Very bit unlikely as well. Yeah, a little bit surprised they didn't go blow him down before that. It looked like his knee touched the ground. But, yeah, once he did get up, he was hit immediately. Ball popped out, but he was able to fall back on it. 
So second and 11 there after the negative play on the screen pass to Linder. Now Davis Walker, the single receiver to the left with Max Carroll tied in and then Devin Johnson, Leonard on the right side. Taylor's still in the game at running back. Fake quarterback draw, hand up to Taylor. Minimal gain there, about one yard. Maybe got back to the original line of scrimmage. So third and ten here. Ball at the 49-yard line of the SBA. Yeah, that time, uh, right now, the last two plays, St. Benedict on defense is really selling out to stop the run. Let's see what the Saints do here. Third and nine, they're going to gain a two. Clarkson back in the shotgun. Two receivers on each side. Try to get the SBA defense line to jump. They almost did. Clarkson goes back to the sideline for another play call. Looking at the quarterbacks and the running back coach signaling the plays in. Play clock down to seven. Gets the playoff looking downfield. Has Max Carroll for the first down up to about the 35-yard line for a beautiful throw by Clarkson and a first down for the Saints. Yeah, that was a great throw by Blake Clarkson because he, he led Max perfectly. Max was literally already running downfield by the time he caught the ball. And that you're going to start seeing more of that the more and more comfortable Blake is at quarterback. Yeah, we're seeing that tonight. And really his trust in his two favorite targets, Max going to Leonard showing tonight. Carroll already with a touchdown, another big play there. It's in the drive. A little more tighter formation. Leonard now in motion. He'll take the jet sweep, trying to get blocks outside. And he's great tackle right at the line of scrimmage that time. By number 15 for the Eagles, Andrew McAlphin. Older brother of the quarterback, Alex Scafflin. He's a senior linebacker making a big play there. So second and ten. No gain on the Reed Leonard jet sweep. Yeah, that was a, a beautiful tackle. And, and you can tell they're really focusing on Reed right now. Clarkson now got trips right. Davis walking the lone receiver to the left. Clarkson RPO finds Max Carroll once again to get the 25. Oh, breaks oh. the tackle to the 21. And he'll be taken down right there at the 21-yard line. Beautiful job by Carroll, almost just running over a defender right there. Uh, yeah, ran over one defender, and it took about five to finally get him to the ground. Another first down by Max Carroll. Keems seems to be the consistent target for Clarkson and continues to deliver another big play there. First and ten now, almost in the red zone at the 21-yard line. Under eight and a half to go. Clarkson back in the shotgun once again. Logan Taylor in the backfield will hand it off to him. Gets to the 20, to the 15, breaks the tackle, to the 10, flips over a man to about the 9-yard line. Carroll just kind of rolled right over the, number, the defender right there, number 23, Tony Gerard, after stiff-arming down number 15, McAlphin, for another big Saints first down. Yeah, beautiful job that time by Logan. The play looked to be designed to go up the middle, but the, there was nothing there, so he cut to the outside, and he found a hole out there and got a big gainer for the Saints. So first and goal, Briarcrest at about the 10-yard line. Clarkson looking to throw, looking to the end zone, and he's got a man. It's Devin Johnson. Beautiful slant pattern by him. Not bad coverage there for number 29, Adam O'Brien, but a fantastic throw by Blake Clarkson to Devin Johnson, his third passing touchdown of the night, and now the Saints lead 34-6. to Yeah, I just can't uh, describe to the listeners enough the how – on the same page Clarkson is now with his receivers. That wasn't true earlier in the no. year, but it is true now. His first year starts looking a little rotting, and now it seems they all to be on the same page, even the same line on that page. Very impressive game from them on the passing aspect. Cooper Allen now on the PAT. Good snap, good hold. Kick is up. And the kick is good. Cooper Allen 5 for 5 on PAT tonight. Now the Saints lead 35 to 6 at 7.38 to go. We'll take a timeout. You're listening to the Broncos football on the Mighty 990. Welcome back here at Clayton Field. Coop Brown getting ready to send this one off here. 
Does not to start at the 35-yard line. Not to kick from the 25-yard line. He'll start back at the 40, a typical spot. Last time we had a penalty on the kickoff. So now with 7.38 to go, with the Saints leading 35-6. to Defense will try to go out there and continue to make a big stand after SBA's only points are on their first drive of the game. Yeah, we were a little worried back then when that happened. We were a little as an understatement. We were very worried when <laughs> SBA marched on the field on the first drive of the game. Cooper Allen getting ready to send this one away. Much better kick. Deep. It's going to be caught. Nope. He'll let it bounce at the goal line. That'll be a touchback. Second touchback of the night from Cooper Allen. And SBA will start at the 20-yard line. I like that a lot better. I do, too. See, smarter and easier choice and less stressful and everybody here involved. So our friend Kyle Hayes was up here at halftime. He's a big LSU fan. As you know, I'm a big Ole Miss fan. So he and I are big rivalry tomorrow, 2.30 game on CBS. Huge game. Yep, big game. A lot game. of people think in LSU, I believe they're still the favorite. I still have Ole Miss, though. I'm still confident, even though they ran all over my Auburn Tigers last <laughs> week, 450 yards. But – I think, I think they'll still come through. Alex McCaffin now back in the game at quarterback. He's gone the whole way. And that was another flag on the play. Oh, my gracious. Substitution infraction. That's the third one of those so far tonight. It's something you got to get figured out if you're head coach Magnifico over there. On that yeah, side. that is number three that has been called. They've had to call two timeouts to avoid two others. McCaffin, almost a false start there. Hands it off to Adams. Got a hold of the 30 to the 45, 45. Taken down right there at the 45-yard line. Unbelievable job on the left side of that offensive line, creating a big hole for Antonio Adams, who has put it together another fantastic performance. Yeah, Adams, once he gets going downhill running, and that time he just broke the initial line there for Briarcrest, and there wasn't much back there. It was a great job by the Briarcrest defensive back to catch him from behind and really prevented a touchdown. So first and 10, SBA on their own 43-yard line. Clock's getting down about seven minutes here. Brackus looking to get a big stop here and put this game away. McAlphin takes a snap. Another handoff to Adams. Much better job of this Brackus defensive line for only gain about one. Before he's finally, finally smothered up by Trey Davis, Brandon Myers, and Aiden Hydrick. Yeah, that time Briarcrest uh, brought six, seven men up into the up and on the line of scrimmage, and then a couple of more in the box, uh, just basically challenging St. Benedict throw the football. Yeah, I'm still surprised they haven't really focused on that. Looking at their past region games, once again they've thrown the ball 32 and 43 times, and they've really gotten away with that, trying to change their identity here. It's a little too late in the season to do that. Yeah, of course he's had trouble tonight and has thrown a couple of picks, but uh, I, I agree with you. Once you haven't had any in this point in the football season, you kind of got to roll with it. It's kind of worked. McLaughlin's leading the Memphis area in passing yards, and he'll drop back to pass here. Under pressure, throws it up, and it's incomplete. Great job by Brandon Myers getting the quarterback hurry there. Intended target was number eight. For the Eagles, Darian Bell, their junior tight end. So fourth and nine here. Yeah, See if they leave the offense on the field. I was going to say Myers leads the Saints with six sacks. He almost had number seven right there. Yeah, if the quarterback would have held on to the ball for about another half second, Less than that, he probably had number seven. Offense will stay on the field, looks like, for the Eagles. Once again, they're trying to get the substitutions correct. Two receivers on each side for McLaughlin. Huge play in the ball game here. They go to Wildcat formation. The Wildcat quarterback's going to throw it. Oh. Screen pass is incomplete. They're, we're going to get a rough in the pass. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's a late that, hit on Brandon. I don't know about that. 
Yeah, I, I didn't see it, but um, Briarcrest, even on that third and nine, still brought seven men up to the line of scrimmage. They are just challenging. Uh, same minute to throw the football. They basically called the equivalent of targeting, targeting here in high school football. They said illegal helmet contact was the foul called. Brandon Myers was the recipient of that foul. Huge first down for SBA. Gives him a big break on fourth down, and they'll get the ball in great field position at the Briarcrest 41-yard line. So now McLaughlin kind of got a fresh start here now on this drive. He's got trips right. Single receiver to his left. It's Kelvin Donson on the left side. Adams in the backfield. Bringing pressure once again. McLaughlin has to throw it away, and that is going to have to be intentional running, I would think. Yeah, you know, they have had a ton of success in the first half with those screen, uh, screen passes. They tried it again that time, but this has happened twice in a row now. The Briarcrest rush just gets through so quickly they don't have time to set the screen up. I'm a little shocked we didn't get an intentional grounding call. I mean, there was no skillless in play within 10 yards of that play. Uh, yeah, and he was clearly in the pocket, so I agree. And did not get it past the line of scrimmage, didn't do any of that. 0 for 3. All right. <laughs> That means all three qualities there. Either way, second and ten now for the Eagles. Ball on the Briarcrest 41-yard line. Saints almost jumped off sides there, got back. Eagles now with three receivers, one tonning. Play action pass, looking downfield. Screen pass, actually. To number eight for the Eagles, Darian Bell. Tied in there on another screen pass out there on the flat. Gain of only about two there, so third and six. And not only has uh, St. Benedict kind of uh, gotten away from their identity, they really seem, even in these long down and distances, afraid to throw the ball downfield. And I know Brockers is a great secondary, but once again, passing is in your bread and butter. Right. And that's You're not going to put up – it's hard to put up 59, 58 points running the football. They did that throwing the football. I mean, McLaughlin had 350 yards last week by throwing the football, not running it down. Now, either way – it's working in Briarcrest's favor, third and ten here. Ball on the 41-yard line. See if they'll throw the ball downfield here and at least try to push it and take a deep shot. We'd only seen them done that once this drive. Low snap, McLaughlin under a ton of pressure. Oh. Adams almost had it intercepted. Holden Day can't make the incomplete. Great job by him applying pressure on Adams. <laughs> That's that a little terrifying been. when you got junior safety holding day running at you full speed yeah and if he could have it would have been a heck of an interception but if he could have pulled it off that would have been a uh, very easy pick six josh likes and brock lessig there on the pressure so fourth and ten now for the eagles 453 to go here in the third quarter fourth and ten they're on the Briarcrest 41 yard line offense will stay on the field they'll have three receivers on the left single receiver on the right will be Dwayne mosley He's had a pretty good game on defense. On the right side, Adams still in the backfield. Saints showing pressure. McLaughlin takes a snap, drops back. Here comes the pressure. Throw it over the middle of the field, and it's caught. Oh, what oh. a tackle by Colin Collier. Either way, it is a huge first down. What a catch by number 13, Isaiah Bolden, the junior receiver, making a big catch for taking an unbelievable hit by Colin Collier. That could have been a flag. Uh, tip of the cap to Isaiah Bolden for holding on that ball because he got yes. hit immediately after he caught it, and it was a vicious hit, but he held on to it. A little bit of surprise that time, Parker, to see the Saints go to the blitz and kind of leave the middle of the field open that time. Blitzing six there, no one over the middle of the field. Trusting man-to-man defense there. It worked early in the game, not that time on the big four, fourth and ten. First and ten, Eagles on the 24-yard line. McAuliffe motions Adams over. Drops back to pass. Another screen pass to Adams, and it's low, and Adams drops it. Second and ten now. 
And that's one you got to get right if you're McLaughlin there. McAlphin. Yeah, that, that was a low pass. And uh, I tell you, though, Adams really looked to be already looking upfield. And I think that's a product of some of these big hits the Saints defense has been throwing here in the game. Yeah, this pressure that the Saints defense has been putting on them, as you said, it's kind of making trying to change their dilemma as a play calling for Joe Magnifico, their head coaching staff. See them go back to the pass here. They'll try to establish the run here, but limited time to do that here. Just 3.37 to go here in the third quarter, trailing 35-6. to six. Second and 10 at the 24-yard line, a little bit of a tighter formation. It's going to be a handoff to Adams, trying to get outside. Not much there. Great job by the, left, by the right side of that Briarcrest defensive line, Brock Lessig, and then Josh Sykes coming up from the linebacker position, limiting the gain to about two yards. And on that situation, when the formation you had, I would have tried to run it more up the middle. But you had seven linemen in right. that situation, five linemen, two tight ends, I should say. Anyway, still tried to go outside with Adams, where he's been pretty effective tonight, only a gain of three there, so third and seven. Yeah, Brock Lessig is having a big night here on senior night. You've been calling his name a bunch. Yeah, mainly playing linebacker, but – Making a big impact here up the defensive end slot. The motion number 13. Isaiah Bolton on the right side. McAlphin takes a snap. Drops back. Quick fire throw. Taken down very quickly by Devin Johnson. That's number three to Wayne Mosley. His second catch of the night. That was a fantastic uh, tackle there that time by Johnson because it was uh, if he misses that at all, it would be a St. Benedict uh, first down. But, Maybe uh, even a touchdown. Yeah, it could have been a touchdown as well, but he – Wrapped him up and got him down quickly. He's going to bring up a fourth down. Yep. Not only a tackle very quickly, but he throws him down way back. So now it'll be about fourth and three. Huge chance for the Saints to kind of put their stamp on this game. Leading 35 to six here, just over two minutes to go here in the third quarter. SBS really dominated on this drive, marching the ball down the field thanks to a couple big Briarcrest penalties. Caught fourth and two. McAlphin trying to draw the Saints off sides, and now Joe Magnifico will take their second time of the half. We'll take one with them. We're listening. You're listening to Briar Chris Football on the Mighty 990. And we're back here. Big fourth down play coming up for the Eagles offense. Trying to stay alive, keep a little bit of momentum going into this rest of the game. Minute 57 here to go. We just saw Joe Magnifico and the Eagles had taken another timeout. They were trying to draw the Saints off sides there. Now they're going a little bit of offset eye formation. Two tight ends, only one receiver. They'll hand it off to Adams at the middle. Gets a hole, gets the first down. First and goal, SBA. Beautiful job that offensive line, gritting a hole and giving their running back an opportunity to make a big play, and he did just that. Yeah, that was a nice job by their offensive line. Made it easy for the running back to get the first down. So St. Benedict threatening here in the third quarter. Another handoff to Adams at the middle. That time he's met at the line, breaks a tackle. That time you're kind of glad he broke the They're tackle. Right. Nate Rennick had him wrapped up right at the line of scrimmage. Runs backwards five yards, and Cooper Thompson takes him down for a five-yard loss. So it'll be first, second, and goal, excuse me, from about the 11-yard line. Yeah, Adams uh, uh, would have been better. Of course, he didn't know it at the time, but he would have been better off just going down the line of scrimmage. He uh, broke the tackle and went backwards and ended up with a big loss. Yeah, you wouldn't think you would be – upset about your kid breaking a tackle, but a broken tackle leads to a four-yard loss, second and goal from the 11. Back a little bit spread out, two receivers on the left, one to two to the right. Adams still in the game at running back, playing fantastic tonight. McAlphin takes a snap, under pressure, taken down. What a sack by Cooper Thompson coming out from the defensive back position. Free safety blitz there, works to perfection there on the delayed blitz. Cooper Thompson, big sack. Third and long 
They're going to call it way back about the 20-yard line. So third and goal from the 20. Yeah, of course. Uh, he, he wasn't able to see him, but the quarterback that time, McAlpin, was looking downfield into the end zone, but Adams had actually snuck out of the backfield and was wide open. But with the Saints blitz, he just never had the chance to see it. Huge chance here for the Saints defense to make a big play. This will be the last play of the third quarter. Play clock down to three, and I don't think they're going to get this playoff. They're going to have to burn their last time out. That'll be the third and final timeout. Oh, they didn't get the timeout off. They're running back. Adams is trying to signal for a timeout. Ref just didn't see it. That's that's unfortunate. You don't see that too very. You don't see that too often. I mean, I don't understand any of that. First of all, why not just go and run the play? Well, the quarterback was on the sideline trying to get the play call. I don't know why that's taking so long yeah. either. But either way, third and twenty, third and goal from the twenty-five yard line. You don't hear that very often. Another big chance for the Briarcrest defense. They got three deep safeties. Still got six, seven men in the box here. Eight now with Colin Collier coming in. Drops back to pass, looking downfield. Brandon Myers coming to make a play. It's tipped, and it's incomplete. <laughs> Brandon Myers almost had the sack. Colin Collier almost had an interception. Either way, an incomplete pass will bring up fourth and 25. But it's the end of the third quarter. Briarcrest leads 35-6. No scoring in the third quarter. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Saints leading the SBA 35-6. No scoring in that third quarter. But now a big play here for SBA. They got fourth and goal in the 25. Very unordinary offensive thing on the field for them, I assume. So what are you trying to do here for SBA? Are you trying to prepare for another big region game next week against Christian Brothers? Well, right now, I guess they're going to try to throw in the end zone. But after that... They're just going to have to figure a lot of things out, especially yep. how to get lined up. Um, they've had a lot of difficulty not getting the right personnel on the field. They've had to call timeouts and taken delay game penalties. Just a lot of difficulty. Still trying to get lined up. Play clock down to seven. Another wide receiver checks in. Two receivers on each side. McAlphin takes the snap, drops back under pressure. Ton of pressure taken down by John Richard Odell. For a 10-yard loss, what a play. Wow. He came out of the linebackers with a delayed blitz. Fantastic play by him. And Briarcrest will get fantastic field position at about the 37-yard line. Have not mentioned uh, Odell that much tonight, but he looked like he was shot out of a cannon that time and just was all over the quarterback for SBA. And, uh, yeah, they went uh, – how many? They were down inside the 10-yard line. They went back about 35 yards. Yeah, the negative run, and then yeah. you had a tackle for loss, sack right there by Odell. Now Blake Clarkson comes back on the field. Maybe his last drive of the game, they can get a touchdown here. Trips right. Single receiver on the left. Fitton Williams back in the game at running back. Clarkson takes a snap, looking downfield. Has time, going deep to Linder. And it's caught at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Briarcrest. What a throw by Blake Clarkson. Puts it over the shoulder of Reed Linder, only to where he can get it. And Reed Linder does the rest from there. A beautiful 73-yard touchdown for the Briarcrest Saints. As now they lead 41-6. Chemistry. Chemistry between Clarkson and the receivers. It's it's growing every every. It, Every game and every play right now. Every throw, and that was spectacular. I mean, that was a perfect throw from a kid who started the year as a linebacker. 
Unbelievable. Another PAT opportunity now for Cooper Allen. Bramlett, good snap. Clarkson, good hold. Allen, good kick. Cooper Allen is 6 for 6 on PAT tonight, improving his mark now to 27 for 31. Great job by him tonight. Perfect night for him. Perfect night for football here at Clayton Fields. Now the Saints lead 42 to 6. So if you were head coach Brian Stewart, now do you go deep into the bench? I think now you start slowly getting some of the guys in. I'm still seeing a few of the first string guys here on Hilton's team that now you're mixing up a little bit. I would expect that's the last drive of Blake Clarkson's night. I would expect Hudson, Hudson Tucker, the freshman son of defensive coordinator Brandon Tucker, probably go to the West Lane. I think I'm right. I just saw him take off the penny jersey, get his foot right. He's about to get warmed up once again. So we'll probably see the freshman quarterback on the next offensive drive. 11.41 to go here at Clayton Field. Briarcrest leading 42-6. It's Coop Brown had to send off another kickoff. Deep to return for the Eagles is number 23, Tony Gerard. Yeah, I'm trying to find out some other scores. The Innsworth's playing Brentwood tonight in a big game, and then NBA's playing Baylor, two really big games in the division. Yeah, huge games in our division on the other side of the bracket. Kickoff's caught at the 5. Up to the 20, to the 25. That's where he's taken down by a host of Saints, including Nate Rennix and Hudson and Hudson Parker. I see a little bit of changes on the Briarcrest offense. I mean, the Briarcrest defense, excuse me, still some starters, including Max Carroll, Devin Johnson on the field, along with Holden Day, Cannon LaRusso. So let's make it two weeks in a row, Parker. How about it? Briarcrest beat Innsworth in soccer tonight in the state uh, tournament game. How about we beat them in football next week? That'd be unbelievable. That yep. would be a big upset, though, but that would be a huge win for this program. Last few times we played them were unsuccessful. The regular season finale last year, and then we played them in the playoffs my freshman year. See if they can change the turn next week. About ten and a half to go here in the game. McAlphin back on the field. Takes a snap. Handoff up to Adams. Got a little bit of room to the 30, to the 35, up to ahead of the 40, almost to the 45-yard line. Now we're going to get a late flag. It's a great run by Adams. We'll see what this flag is. Might be a face mask tackle. Yeah, you know, you like you mentioned, there's some younger Saints in the game that time, and uh, Adams is, uh, took advantage of it. Yeah, fantastic run by him. A lot of starters still in the game for the SBA Eagle offense, trying to get a little momentum going into their huge test next week against Christian Millers. They will play the big game next week between McCauley and Pope John Paul. We previewed earlier a little bit. They will play the winner of that in the playoffs while Briarcrest will play the loser of that game. Pilney was on SBA, actually, so they'll mark it back. It was a spot foul. So it'll still be first and 10 SBA just from the 41-yard line instead of the 46. We do. We are now at the running clock after the Reed Linder touchdown, his second of the night. One on special teams, and then that beautiful throw by Clarkson. It looks like they're down there on the sideline watching the replay of it down there <laughs> on the iPad. It's fun for them to relive that moment. SBA taking a long time breaking the huddle. Play clock still at 20 seconds, still a good bit of time. Getting close to nine minutes here in the ball game. Fantastic night here at Briarcrest Christian School. Senior night and a big win for the soccer team. A soccer team, excuse me. We're close to a big win here for the football team. McAlphin low snap, throws a screen pass, and it's dropped by number three, Dwayne Mosley. He's had a pretty good game. 
uncharacteristic drop from what we've seen so far tonight. Yeah, you know, and, and of course, Briarcrest has some backups in the game, but I do feel like that the Innsworth, uh, excuse me, Innsworth, I'm thinking about them for next week, but I do think that the St. Benedict players from some of the big hits earlier in the game are now looking up field before they catch the football. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to scan the field and run before they even catch the football, which is not something you can do if you're a wide receiver. And they do still have some skilled receivers. They just got to be more focused coming out of this stretch. Second and ten now for the Eagles. The ball on their own 41-yard line. McAlphin's got two receivers on each side. Adams still is running back in the backfield, throwing it on the fade. He's got an open man, and it's oh. incomplete. That was number 14, Devin Mason. He had a touchdown for the Eagles. We can reel that one in. Yeah, he had gotten behind the Briarcrest defense. Actually, a pretty good pass here by the quarterback, but the receiver just unable to bring it in. Now, this is a whole – this is a complete line change now for the Briarcrest even coming into this before that last play. A lot of second and third string guys getting a big opportunity here. With a pretty good crowd on hand. Under eight minutes to go now. Third and ten for the Eagles. A lot of freshmen and sophomores on the field right now for the Saints. Yeah, getting their chance to shine. McGalfin motions a man over. It's Devin Mason in motion now on the far left side. McGalfin takes a snap. Looking downfield, has a man that time, and it's caught. Whoa. Same play, different receiver. That was number three, Dwayne Mosley, his fourth play. That time the Briarcrest young defensive bat. It's kind of lost him there in that rail. Great play called by Joey Magnifico and his staff. Yeah, and that was a fantastic catch there by uh, Mosley. Uh, ball was just a little bit overthrown, but he stretched out and caught it, brought it in, and a big play for St. Benedict. Yeah, they'll go very quickly now, very uncharacteristic of them. Seven minutes to go in the ball game. First and ten on the 22 for the Eagles. Same formation this time. We'll hand it up to Adams. Got a little bit of running room to the 15, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, SBA. And now against this younger Briarcrest defense. SBA took advantage of it right there. 42 to 12. Now is your score at Clayton Field. Yeah, when you've got a senior kid like Antonio Adams running against freshman and sophomore, uh, that's a big advantage for him. Yes. Let's do that way. Something is bound to happen there for Adams. Another big game for him. His second touchdown of the evening. Espiel now line up and go for two. As they missed their first PAT, they're trying to get it back. Going to the fade in the corner of the end zone, and it's incomplete. Would have been a heck of a catch by Mosley. Kind of had to go try and get it one hand. Either way, Briarcrest still leads 42-12. to We'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back for the last six minutes of the ball game. And we're back here at Clayton Field after the SBA touchdown. Briarcrest went and substituted a little bit more of their more experienced guys back, especially for the kickoff coverage. Deep men are still the same. Reed Leonard, Devin Johnson, now calling callers back there. Got three deep men. So we're going to have a different, different kicker for SBA. It's going to be Cameron Scott, who's listed as a fullback and linebacker. He'll kick this one off. Cameron Scott kicking off. Interesting kicker change. Let's see what he does. Onside kick. It's recovered by the Saints at number 36, Cooper Thompson, on the onside recovery. So great field position for the Saints. It'll be Hudson Tucker making his first drive of the night with five minutes to go. See if he can get a little bit of momentum here as he's wrapping up his freshman campaign. He's got to play a few games here on the varsity yeah. level due to some injuries and some big wins for the Saints. And you can also tell that he's going to be a really good quarterback. Um, did that onside kick uh, bring nightmares to you, your Auburn Tigers last week? With I've tried to forget about that. <laughs> but it's okay, you know. It's, it's a long season, and... The offense played pretty well. You just oh, not, you're, definitely. No you're doubt. just not going to win a game in the SEC when you give up 450 rushing yards. 
Hudson Tucker throws a screen pad out to Calvin Moe, a very talented freshman receiver. Just couldn't come up with that one. A little bit too high, kind of threw his hands a little bit, but second and ten. I know Calvin and Hudson both wanted that one back. They do have some great chemistry, those freshman two stars. Well, you can tell Hudson Tucker, he's got uh, arm talent. Uh, yes. that, that was uh, He got that ball out there quickly and, and had some zip on it. Pass more now just working on him as he grows through his years in high school, trying to work on the accuracy and being a more smarter quarterback for him. Now we're going to get a whistle here. Referee still uh, discusses, but we're now about at the four-minute mark here with Briarcus leading SBA on senior night, 42-12. to Next week, the Saints will be at home against Innsworth in a huge region matchup to conclude the regular season. And SBA will be on the road as they take on Christian Brothers. SBA still looking for their first region win. We got an unsportsmanlike conduct on the bench of SBA. I don't. Even, I think there was a warning early in the game to the Saints, or might to the Eagles. There was a warning early in the game, so now it's just an automatic 15-yard penalty. So Briarcrest now moves down under three and a half to go. See if Hudson Tucker can put together a touchdown drive right here. He's got trips to the right with Calvin Moe, Nate Rennix, and Jack Gleason, and then on the left side he's got Davis Walker. Tucker takes a snap. It's a little bit of screen pass there to Davis Walker. To the 30, to the 25, makes him miss at the 20, 15, 10. What a play by Davis Walker. Tried to get him a touchdown right there. A great play call by Robbie Donaldson trying to get a senior big play. Kind of happens there. Now they're in the red zone there at about the 12-yard line. Yeah, I was really cheering for him to score on a senior night. And, and what a beautiful – I tell you, Hudson Tucker that was a great is going to be a good quarterback here at Briarcrest. We'll have Cade Carlson in next year at quarterback, and then after that it might be Hudson Tucker for the next three years. Hudson Tucker going to the end zone, and it's caught by Davis Walker. What a catch in the wow. back left corner of the end zone. Had an SBA defender draped on top of him. That was great coverage by Tony Gerard. Gerard, I should say, their junior defensive back, but an even better catch by the senior wide receiver, Davis Walker. He uh, now extends the lead. Really happy for that kid to get a catch, uh, get a touchdown catch here on senior night. Uh, but I, I just don't mean to sound like a broken record, but Hudson Tucker put it up where only Davis Walker could get the football. Davis Walker went up and got it. I mean, that's a throw from a freshman. You don't expect it all. Right, right. I mean, very nice throw for him. Now we're just under the two-minute mark. Pinning the seventh PAT, the ninth attempt from Blake Clark, from Cooper Allen. It'll be Blake Clarkson to hold, I should say, and then Jordan Bramlett will be on the snap. And Brockers can't get set up here on the PAT. We'll see. Now we're about ready. So Brockers has to take a timeout there yeah. to take the PAT. We'll stay here. Clock's winding down here. How do you build off this win, but you know you got a much tougher test leading up to next week against Ensworth? Well, you know, you, a lot of positives come out of this. The biggest positive to me is Blake Clarkson and his receivers are on the same page right now. Um, it took a while to get there, as you would expect when you move an injured linebacker into quarterback. <laughs> um, but now that they are on the same page, I tell you, Reed Linder, Max Carroll, Donaldson, um, Johnson, and we just saw Davis Walker. Those guys can play against anybody. Yeah, those are the guys are going to have a chance to make some noise late in this season. I think you're absolutely right. And I'm going to see a quote that I heard from Coach Harrington, our basketball coach, one time. And it's kind of a statement of this wide receiver and quarterback group. You don't, we're trying to be on the same page, not even that, but the same line. I think that's yeah. what they're showing tonight. Very impressive chemistry shown by them and great performances by both the, all those guys. 
Now we're about ready for the PAT. And it looked like Briarcrest is trying to make in, I mean, excuse me, I've got Innsworth on the brain, but trying to make St. Benedict feel at home. Now Briarcrest can't get lined up. Still struggling. Now we're about ready. It'll be Clarkson to hold. Bramlett to snap. Allen on the kick. High snap. Good hold. Kick is up. Kick is good from Coop Brown. Seven for seven on the night. 49 to 12 now is your score at Briarcrest. Big win for the Saints there. Much needed region victory. Kind of get a little momentum. Now you got a two-game win streak. A huge test coming up against Edgeworth. Very excited to see that one. A lot of talented guys for Edgeworth, including a four-star receiver that's committed to Kentucky. Yeah, so tell me, um, uh, Briarcrest, no matter what happens next week, Briarcrest can be the number five seed, right? Yes, correct. Edgeworth is still playing to try to be the one or the two seed. Right, right. And so then – Briarcrest, the first round of the playoffs, will either go to Nashville or probably either Nashville or Chattanooga, right? Yeah, we'll find that out next Friday night as well. Pope John Paul McCauley play an absolutely huge region matchup. Besides the fate, these two teams are watching right in front of us, SBA and Briarcrest. So we'll either be uh, up in Nashville. Again. In a couple of weeks. We're up there early in the year for the Brentwood Academy yep. game. Great facilities up there. Taylor Hackmeyer, sophomore kicker, going to be able to kick this one off here. Will be the end of the night for Cooper Allen. Don't know why the clock has stopped, but a minute five to go. A little bit of a squib kick. And it'll go out of bounds. Taylor Hackmeyer with the kick. And uh, one of the St. <laughs> Benedict players just came up and tried to knock Hackmeyer down. That's not very good. A little yeah, young kicker. Yeah, you don't kicker. see that there. Nope. I don't know why you needed that with 55 seconds left in a game like this. Be about two plays left in this ball game here for wrapping this up. And I think you said it earlier, Josh. I mean, Blake Clarkson has received really the story of this game. Fantastic points by him. Four touchdown passes. He had some lean another run, and then he had Reed Leonard with the kickoff return for a touchdown. Just fantastic performances on offense. Putting up 49 points in a great performance to kind of get your offense ready, get them prepared for this big test next week against Inthworth. And your defense continues to impress. Absolutely. Defense played great I mean, tonight. Since the DeSoto Central game, we know that one got out of hand. But since, again, the most points the Saints team has allowed is 19 points. We see McAfee there in the little screen pass out wide at number 88. Smith and Marshall, a freshman offensive line there, actually lined out at tight end. Great play by him. I believe SBA just called a timeout. What? Okay. It was a whistle. Let's see what the call is. And it is an SBA timeout. I don't know. With 23 seconds to go in a 49-12 game, SP will take a timeout. See what they're gonna. I mean, unless I mean they got a 40-point play lined up, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, either way, a great performance from the Saints on both sides of the ball. Even special teams with Cooper Allen going seven for seven on PATs, and then Friedland with that unbelievable punt return for a touchdown. That was really set up by his yeah. great receivers. Couple of huge plays there by Reed Linder, and then uh, uh, then a great catch there at the end of the game by Davis Walker. And you're right, uh, you know, Parker, the defense um, has stepped up tonight. We were a little bit shell-shocked after that first drive went right down the field. But ever since then, defense has played great. Of course, St. Benedict did score here in the fourth quarter against mostly freshmen and sophomores. But uh, Yeah, as you said, since that first drive, yeah. I mean, the starting varsity defense didn't get up any points, didn't even make it any close. So, shout them for kind of taking control of this game. And now – this will be the last play of the game. McLaughlin will have two receivers on each side. He'll have a running back in the backfield. Now he's looking like he's calling an audible. Two receivers back out to a younger defensive lineup for the Saints. 
Goffman drops back to pass. Under pressure. Rows out right. Has him, and it's almost intercepted by number one, Bryant Simpson. And SBA trying to line up. That'll be the ball game here. Briarcrest will win. 49-12 on senior night. A very exciting night here. Saints will improve to 5-4 and four on the season. That'll be a ball game. SBA almost tried to get another playoff. Yeah. Briarcrest wins on senior night, 49-12. What a game. Great performances on both sides of the ball. Any last thoughts, Josh? No, I'm just looking forward to next week. Uh, obviously, Innsworth is uh, most people consider to be the best team in the division. But I also like the way Briar Chris is playing right now. So, looking forward to it. Now, hopefully, my voice will be better by then. <laughs> Absolutely. Hoping we'll be back to full strength. And it should be a great game. And for Josh Sampson Parkman, that'll be all from Clayton Field. That's it. The Saints win 49-12. to We'll throw it to Josh Severe for the postgame show. From the mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the EPM Appraisals Post Game Show. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Here's Josh Rivera. Welcome back, guys, to the mighty 990 studios. This is the post game show here. And Briarcrest, really, really big win against St. Benedict, 49-12. It's exactly what Briarcrest needed. Again, they were 4-4 four four ahead of this game. And now they're improved to 5-4, and four, but more importantly, they have a division win under their belt. That's exactly what they needed. You do not want to be, uh, you do not want to have, and like, you don't want to have a 0-5 and five record in terms of your division. You can't have that. So at the very least, they did lock up the number 5 seed in the division, uh, and they're going to face off against Endsworth uh, uh, next week. Uh, so really big stuff for Briarcrest. They really need to prepare ahead of that game. So looking ahead of, uh, looking ahead of some scores we're gonna jump to some scores right now uh i'm gonna finish i'm gonna start it off real quick with some thursday scores just to make sure that you guys all know what's going on and what's happened last night wooddale and craigmont wooddale they lost to craigmont 48 to 0 now craigmont has improved to 8 and 1 and wooddale is down 0 to 9 they still haven't got their win of the season yet southwind and overton right now southwind uh, has beaten overton 28 to 6 southwind improving to 7 and 2 Hamilton and Tresvant. Tresvant actually winning that or losing that game 28 to 6. Both teams now with a 3 and 6 record. And then looking at Lausanne and South Gibson, Lausanne improving to 7 and 1. They're, they won 35 to 14 last night. MUS Imperial Youth Academy, MUS winning 28 to 7. MUS improving to 7 and 2. And then you have MASE, who's improved to 9 and 0. They beat Halls, who's 5 and 4 now. Uh, MASE, they beat, uh, they won 56 to 0. And then jumping to some games that are going on right now, uh, there are some of these that are final scores, so we'll get to those when we get to them. Bartlett and Collierville, however, Bartlett looks like they're pulling away against Collierville, which is a little bit surprising. I mean, again, these are two really, really great football teams. Uh, I did kind of see Collierville uh, stealing this game, but I think Bartlett's pulling away. They're, the score right now, Bartlett's leading 17-7. to And again, Bartlett, you know, they've had a lot of really impressive wins. They've beat Houston. They've beat Lausanne early in the season. So if they can pull off against Collierville, I mean, you're talking about Barlett maybe being in that top three uh, uh, rankings for a lot of people. And, and, and honestly, I think a top three ranking would be very appropriate given who they've, who they've beaten so far. Uh, and, but right now that game is still going on. Lake Cormorant and New Hope right now. Lake Cormorant leading 28-3. Houston High School and Mississippi. Uh, Houston and Mississippi uh, playing Ripley 28-21. Houston leading. South Panola and DeSoto Central right now. South Panola leading 21-0 against DeSoto Central. South Haven, they remain undefeated. They beat Lewisburg 48-0. Houston High School and Arlington. Houston, the one in Memphis, 
They're leading 39-0 against Arlington. Looks like Houston's going to pull away uh, in that game. Then you have Lee Academy in North Delta. Right now, Lee Academy leading 49-15. Germantown final score over there against White Station, 49-0. Red Devils taking away that victory. And then Christian Brothers High School in Central. You have Christian Brothers uh, leading that game 35-0. Homecoming night for North Point. They actually win that game against Sheffield 49-7. I'm actually surprised at that game. Uh, Big game for North Point as it was their homecoming uh, night. But I didn't see that game that close. You know, Sheffield was a really good team. Has been a really good team. But then again, so is North Point. But I, I just didn't expect such a blowout on North Point's end. Good job for the Trojans. Hey, Wynn and Covington, uh, you know, Covington, this is supposed to be a really big uh, game for them. Unfortunately, it hasn't been close. Haywood has been leading 34-17. to Haywood continues and, and looks like they will remain undefeated in the season. Then we have Harding and Fayette Academy. Final score, Fayette Academy taking that win 51-14 to against Harding Academy. FACS and TRA, they are at the end of the third quarter, and they're still hung at 14-12, to TRA leading. Olive Branch and Center Hill closer game now. Olive Branch leading 20 to 17. And then jumping to Mississippi, we have Starkville and Oxford. Stark, Starkville leading 41 to 28 against Oxford. Win and Paragold final score. Win uh, winning that game 35 to 7. Then you have Millington Central and McNary Central. Millington Central uh, leading 40 to 7. Whitehaven and Cordova. Whitehaven leading 44 to 0. And then Mumford 53-0 against Kingsbury. We all saw that coming. Looks like uh, Mumford is going to remain undefeated in their season. Uh, But really, really, uh, I think interesting games. You know, looking across uh, a lot of these games, a lot of these games haven't been close at all. A lot of these are blowouts, uh, which is pretty surprising, especially, you know, games like North Point and Sheffield. I didn't see that game being close. Uh, Haywood and Covington, it's on the brink of being a blowout. I didn't see that game uh, you know, being so spread apart, you know, both of these teams are really good. And then Barlett and Collierville. Yeah. Barlett's leading by 10 points, but I, I expected closer, um, not a blowout yet. Uh, and it's just really surprising. And a lot of teams just basically being flat out scoreless. Just teams like DeSoto Central, Lewisburg, Arlington, White Station, Cordova. What's going on? Uh, Central. None of these teams have scored at all. So uh, Kingsbury, especially, you know, I, you know, it's been really, surprising to see what's been going on uh, around around the board but you know we're leading into the playoffs so a lot of these teams uh, there's gonna be big playoff implications for the season um, but again I want to congratulate Max Carroll we mentioned this in the halftime show Max Carroll he's the all-time receiving catching catches leader in Briarcrest history and he did it on senior night which is really big uh, again want to confirm Briarcrest has locked up the number five seed uh, for the playoffs, for the, for the division playoffs. We don't know exactly who they're going to play yet. We don't know where they're going to play yet. But again, really big playoff implications tonight. They are going to have a big matchup uh, next week. And, uh, you know, it's it's just really interesting to see the season that they've had. You know, Bradcrest, you look at their season they've had, they, they you know, they started out with two victories, uh, including the spectacular last a second win versus Houston High School, but then right after you know the two and zero start, they lost three straight. And, you know a lot of those games, actually all those games were games where they didn't recover from halftime deficits, and those were one of the main points that I gave in my uh, keys to the game in the season. If you remember, a lot of them, I sounded like a broken record. I said you need to establish a lead at the half, make sure you're already in position to run away with the win, and they weren't able to do so for four straight games, and three of those led to losses. But then after those three straight losses. 
They ended up coming into this game winning two out of the last three. Now they've won three out of the last four. So I guess it's safe to say it's been really a roller coaster of a season for Briarcrest. Um, but I am happy for them. They are five and four now. But you got to worry about Endsworth now. And Endsworth is at the at top of the division. Uh, luckily, Briarcrest is not at the bottom anymore. St. Benedict is officially at the bottom. They have not secured a single division win. Briarcrest has. And so that's really big for them, especially on senior night. So we'll have all of that uh, next week when, we, when they face off against Endsworth. When we come back from this commercial break, I'm going to talk to Phil Glass, the ultimate Tiger. He's actually in New Orleans right now. Memphis Tigers are actually about to play Tulane tomorrow afternoon. Uh, what's going on with Memphis? I definitely want to catch up with Phil and ask him what in the world has gone on with Memphis dropping two games in a row, two close games in a row. I'll get his thoughts when we come back with this commercial break. Back to the EPM Appraisals Post Game Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the Post Game Show. Uh, we are sponsored by EPM Appraisals. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. And uh, before we go to Phil Glass, I do want to say and just give you a quick recap that Briarcrest has won that game. Big victory for them uh, as they captured their first division win uh, uh, against St. Benedict. Uh, and we'll have all of that when they play Endsworth next week. But on the phone with me right now, we have Phil Glass. And Phil, I mean, you are the ultimate Tiger, and you're over there in New Orleans ahead of the game against Tulane tomorrow afternoon. Uh, what, how's it going over there in the Big Easy? Ah, uh, man, it is. Uh, it has been interesting. Been out here since yesterday. Uh, uh, Memphis is showing up loud and proud. Uh, we recently got back to the hotel, but been out most of the day and. You know, it's exciting to see all the blue starting to show up as we walk up and down, uh, you know, the streets in New Orleans and, you know, hear somebody yell, go Tigers. And so it, it's been exciting. Look forward to a good crowd of Memphis supporters showing up tomorrow to support the team. And as I understand, did you walk around New Orleans in your costume? I did. Wow. Uh, you know, unlike being in Memphis, you know, being in New Orleans, I probably did not stick out as much as... Uh, <laughs> Exactly. As I do in other places, but but I did. Uh, we we were part of a special event for some uh, some some long term Memphis fans, and so I showed up in my outfit, and we I just stayed in it all evening, and so it, it it was fun and interesting. What's been the reception? Did you get a lot of a lot of booze at all? I mean, you said you had some no, people no. say go Tigers, but what's been the reception? Yeah. No, it is great, and I, you know, I think just being New Orleans is just like, oh, you know, I don't know if most people down here just figured I was part of the New Orleans, you know, landscape, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, no, it's been great, uh, you know, uh, like the people down here. I mean, I guess you know, New Orleans is the big easy, it's a party town, and so I mean, you fit right in to fit right in. <laughs> so let's talk about some Tiger football and. Phil, I mean, like I got to say, I mean, I'm a Tiger fan too. I, I graduated from there. It's been tough seeing uh, the last two games, especially two close losses. I got to ask you, what happened with the Tigers the last two games? Did you see that coming? I I did not see it coming. Uh, you know, uh, two two tough games back-to-back, uh, you know, uh, against two, uh, you know, quality opponents. But, you know, what was tough about it is we had, you know, good leads, 19 points against uh, Houston. And, and Houston was probably the toughest. And then we, you know, we had 19 points up to like the last three minutes of the game. You know, the, the team played well for 57 minutes. And then, you know, just some things happened. 
it's part of the game of football, some things that fell in Houston's favor and then maybe some mistakes on our part. And, you know, that one was really tough. And then, you know, and I was actually in Greenville last week at the East Carolina game. You know, we got up early, uh, 17 and nothing on them, but that was early in the game. And, you know, and we've, we've been a team that's done that to several opponents over the past few years where they get up early on us, team adjust and, you know, things begin to happen. And, and I really call the ECU game a more equally matched game because, you know, we lost that game going into four overtimes, uh, before it ended. Uh, it was a long night. Uh, and ECU is not, even though the record doesn't show it, you know, they they've been a team that's lost several, uh, close matches against some highly ranked teams. I think one of their first teams they lost against North Carolina State, top 25 team by one point. You know, so so the, these aren't give me games that we lost, uh, the quality opponents. And, and, again, some of it falls down. We made some mistakes, didn't play the full four quarters. But, but on the other side, I did see some very positives in that our teams were competitive. They never give up. Uh, you know, even in those moments, they, they played their hearts out very end and you know we hate we hate to lose uh but but i say this season is still far from over you know we've got a chance tomorrow against Tulane who is it out in the top 25 uh again not an easy game uh Tulane's favored but by watching the way our teams played in an overall picture you know i think it stands to be a good game and i think we still got a shot yeah again i think we do have a shot too it's just been so tough to see uh, as a tiger fan and an alum uh, but you know right. we have three game home stretch after Tulane. Uh, how how excited are you to get back? You know three games. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, we got some cold weather coming up. But how does it feel? I mean, again, you know, and we just come out of a, a four game home stretch, and then you know had two away games back to back. But you know, we're going to be back home pretty much for three games until we finish our last one at SMU. But uh, you know. Uh, you know, I think we got to get through this week first. Uh, we'll set the tone for what those home games will be like. You know, we we can get a win tomorrow. You know, we're still playing for a potential conference championship. And so I think that changes the whole atmosphere of what the next three weeks actually look like, whether they're at home or away. Uh, you know, we get through tomorrow, a guy's coming in. we got some key players that have been out that will be back. Uh, so we get in and get the win tomorrow. Uh, I think the home games can, can be a lot bigger, a lot more important. You know, we always want to be at home. Uh, get a bigger crowd, uh, team support, and so. But I think it means a little more, especially if we still have a chance to play for something uh, more than just a one-game win. You know, we still play for that conference championship, and it, that's not out of the picture yet. And uh, and one thing I do want to know is, what are your expectations for Tulane tomorrow? Uh, uh, tomorrow afternoon, can the Tigers recover from two straight close losses? I, I, absolutely. Again, I, I go back to Houston, who was. It was predicted to be one of the, you know, win our conference early in the season. You know, for 57 minutes, we dominated them, literally dominated them. Uh, some of the best play I have seen on both sides of the ball all season. Uh, if that team shows up uh, and we minimize mistakes, uh, we can we very easily win this game. Uh, you know, we've always struggled against Tulane at Tulane. Uh but if that team shows up that played against Houston, and even the majority game last week, we've shown we've got the ability. It's just we've got to play four full quarters. We do, I and mean, we, we do that. have the ability. I mean, we only lost by one point against Houston, and then we put 45 on the board. We just couldn't you right. know, close that game. Right. 
right, two points against ECU and exactly. four overtime. So, you know, three points make the difference in, in two wins. And so so it's there. Uh, we put it together. I think our guys really have a chip on their shoulder coming in to prove something, uh, to, to not only to Memphis, the people of Memphis, but to, to the nation. You know, we're not what the record shows. We're better than that. And, and I think they have something to prove. And I look forward to, you know, again, it's not, not an easy gimme win. But but I, I do believe in our guys. I wouldn't be down here if I didn't. That's so. right. So last question, I want to talk about D'Angelo Williams. He actually was, you know, he's an all-time Tiger for those that don't know. He played uh, for us for for a couple of years, and he was a great running back. How deserving is Williams? He was just inducted to the Memphis Sports Hall of Fame, which I'm sure you're aware about. How deserving is Williams uh, to be inducted there, and, and how important is he to Memphis sports history? You know, D'Angelo, uh, again, Memphis has had a lot of great players through the years, and I love each and every one of them. But for various reasons, D'Angelo is my uh, all-time favorite. And, and, and not we don't have time not to go into everything, but, but, but I, I love what he stands for uh, on and off the field. Uh, you know, matter of fact, I'll be doing an event next Friday night at Horseshoe Casino for breast cancer awareness with D'Angelo. Uh, and, I mean, he's so deserving, not only for what he's done off the field and off, on the field, but off the field. And just a, a great representation of this area. You know, I grew up not far from Memphis and over at Wynn. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm excited for him and, and for what it, what it does for this area and say, you know, shows the quality of players the University of Memphis program does put out. And, uh, you know, and so I think it's just a great thing. Yeah, it is a great thing. So, Phil, thank you. I love getting your insight. Uh, you're part of the Highland 100. You guys do really great stuff over there for the Memphis program. And I uh, want to thank you for, you know, spending some time with me. And I hope you have a great time tomorrow at the game. I appreciate it. Hey, and go Tigers. That's right. Go Tigers. All right. That was Phil Glass. He's part of the Highland 100. He's the ultimate Tiger. He's the guy that dresses up really, really cool in the Spartan uniform and goes to all the games. Uh, you got to love him. So uh, thank you, Phil, for joining the show. When we get back, I'm going to talk to Mitch Davis. He's host of Mitch Davis of the Mitch Davis Show. And uh, I definitely want to talk some college football. We're going to go a little deeper into college football, not just Memphis. But I want to talk about that Tennessee and Alabama game. I, we missed last week. I wasn't able to preview that game at all. Well, it's been a week, and I definitely want to have an opinion. And who else to get an opinion than someone who is absolutely passionate about college football. Uh, I'm going to talk to him about that. I'm going to talk to him about a couple other things. Yes, we'll talk some Tiger football and a couple other things. Uh, We'll get back to all that when we get back from this commercial break. Now, back to the EPM Appraisals Postgame Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the postgame show here. And this is the postgame show sponsored by EPM Appraisals. EPM Appraisals evaluating property in the Mid-South. And Briarcrest, big win over St. Benedict, 49-12. to That's Briarcrest's first division win uh, and locking that five seed in the division playoffs. They have only one game to go against the top seed in the division, Endsworth. Uh, we'll, get all, we'll get back to all that uh, towards the end of the postgame show. But I have Mitch Davis on the show with me right now. And Mitch, thank you for joining, and I'm excited to talk about some college football. Man, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. We're currently watching uh, Tulsa and temple right now it's always fun to talk college football oh yeah and mitch uh we're gonna go ahead and start look tennessee alabama i didn't i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't see that coming is tennessee the best college football team in the country and what did you think about that victory 
Oof, man, Josh, you're going to put me on the uh, on the record early on. Uh, obviously, it was a great win for Tennessee, great win for their program, uh, a program-defining win for the Volunteers. But I'm going to be honest with you, Josh, I'm still not sold on the Volunteers as being the best team in the country. I've seen Ohio State play. I've seen Georgia play. Uh, those two teams right now are the two best teams in the country with Tennessee coming in at number third. Uh, you know, thing about Tennessee is they've got a heck of a quarterback. They've got a heck of an offensive uh, minded team, but what scares me so much about this Volunteers is the fact that their defense is so just lackluster. They don't really, they don't really scare you. They don't strike the fear of God, and you. and you know that's something that I think is going to catch up with Tennessee as they progress in the season, especially when they play Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs in the reigning national championship uh, Bulldogs. Did you see how they they the the students rushed the field and they literally carried the 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 goalposts to the Tennessee River? Oh, man, it was incredible. And that's the thing, you know, Josh, I, you know, I've been following college football for my entire life. I've been around the Southeastern Conference, and I get to cover the SEC and Memphis, obviously, each week. But that was college football at its finest. I mean, Absolutely. When you think of college football, and you look at college football in the dictionary, that is the true definition of college football. And hats off to the volunteers. A heck of a outing there, and, you know, it's such a great win for that program. I'm so happy for Josh Heupel, uh, happy for the Tennessee Volunteer fan base, and They've got another tough game against the University of Kentucky next uh, Saturday at Neyland Stadium. They do. I mean, it's been great. To me, the Tennessee Volunteers have always been kind of like the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're good, and, and they, it gets to a point where all of a sudden their season just drops. So it, it is nice to see them, you know, obviously beating Alabama. And, and it looks like they're going to have a really fantastic season. They're, they're, they're one of the top teams in the country, absolutely. Uh, and just the fact that they're in the conversation for the best college football team says a lot about that program. Um, so let's pivot to, to some bad news. I mean, you have Memphis Tigers. We were on a hot streak, and all of a sudden we lose two straight games to, to Houston and to East Carolina, close games. Uh, the last game going to several overtimes. What happened with the Tigers? Man, you know, Josh, that's a heck of a question. You know, I wrote an article back on Tuesday morning, I think it was, when I dropped that, uh, talking about what's next for the Memphis program, what's next for the Tigers, what's next for Ryan Stillfield. Obviously, people, and Josh, you probably hear this every day, and across the city. People aren't happy with Ron Silfield. People are not happy with the job he has done. That is back-to-back games where the Tigers have dropped double-digit leads to lose the game. Uh, you know, they've got a tough game against Tulane. they got a road game this week uh, in New Orleans there at Yolman Stadium on the campus of the beautiful campus of Tulane. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Tigers on their way out. Looking at the remainder of the schedule, it doesn't get any easier. They've got a November 5th battle with uh, UCF, and they've got Tulsa coming to town for a Thursday night game. I mean, this schedule does not get easier for the Tigers. And as they go on, man, they've got to find a way to win against Tulane. And I just don't know if they can do it. They they look promising. They get a, they'll get a lead. They'll, they'll carry a lead into the fourth quarter. And then somehow, some way, Ryan Stillfield in that program, uh, they just seem to drop the ball. They seem to take their foot off the throttle. They seem to take their foot off the neck. And, you know, that's something that Tiger fans have been concerned about for the last two and a half years under Ryan Stillfield. Yeah, no, a lot of a lot of people are not happy with Ryan Silverfield. You're absolutely right on that one. And uh, you know, it's tough. We, I did expect you know kind of us to be on a big winning streak heading into uh, Tulane and especially into the next couple uh, home game stretch. It's tough to see what's going on over there with the Tigers. But I do want to jump into uh, some of the games going on tomorrow. You have teams like Syracuse and Clemson, two ranked teams. They're going to be duking it off, and then you also have SMU and Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, that 21 spot. You have Texas and Oklahoma State, two. More uh, ranked teams, uh, Mississippi and LSU, UCLA and Oregon. That'll be a big game. MS, uh, Mississippi State and Alabama also facing off. A bunch of games going on, but to you, 
what is the game to keep an eye out for the week? You know, Josh, that's a really good question again. And, you know, the thing about it is when I look at this slate, obviously you're not going to have your Tennessee-Alabama game this week, but you're also going to have a lot of great games. I'm really liking that 230 slot uh, when you've got Ole Miss traveling to LSU and, of course, Texas at Oklahoma State. Uh, this could be the week that Ole Miss loses. The last two weeks against Vanderbilt and Auburn, Ole Miss has struggled. Ole Miss does not look like the dominating Ole Miss Rebel team that we all expected to see uh, this season. I wouldn't count out Lane Kiffin, but there is something about the Cajuns at 2.30, uh, later than 11 a.m. kickoff, obviously, what they had against Tennessee. But you're going to give the Cajuns enough time to start partying, getting enough uh, beverages in them. That's going to be a raucous environment in Death Valley. Something tells me that LSU is going to get the win. Uh, but as far as the rest of the evening goes, man, that Alabama-Mississippi State game, it could go one of two ways. I think Alabama's going to win either way, but it's going to come out to, is Alabama mad enough? Is Alabama going to show up and play like the Alabama team that we've all expected in the season, season? Or will this be a Mississippi State uh, program that goes into Tuscaloosa, pushes the envelope a little bit? Uh, to me, on paper, this really looks like a bad matchup for Alabama. This is the way that Mississippi State likes to throw the ball. Uh, the air raid offense, Mississippi State's got a very good running game. Uh, I'm not saying Mississippi State's going to win, but I think that game's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people expected to be. Yeah, and we're looking at some other teams as well. Uh, I'm looking at, actually, I want to talk about the Heisman. I remember I asked you about this last time, and I'm curious to know, you know, some who you think your candidates are for Heisman. You have Hendon Hooker for uh, for Tennessee, C.J. Stroud for Ohio State, obviously Bryce Young for Alabama. Uh, who are some of the teams that you, or some of the players rather, that you think of a really big shot, especially now several weeks into the season of securing that Heisman Trophy? Yeah, I think it comes down to really two guys right now. I think it comes down to C.J. Stroud of Ohio State and then Hooker. Uh, if I was voting right now, and obviously that'll come in December, but if I was voting right now, it'd be for Hendon Hooker. I think Hendon Hooker is the best player in college football right now. Obviously, Bryce Young still has a lot of room to grow with Alabama. He was a Heisman winner last season, but he's been hurt all season. But as of right now, uh, back against the wall, I'm taking Hendon Hooker as the Heisman Trophy winner. And as the Volunteers continue to win, man, this is uh, going to be a topic that you and I can talk about for weeks to come. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be it for for this interview. And Mitch, I want to thank you for joining the show. You know, you've always been a really great contributor. Uh, I really appreciate getting your insight. Where can people find you and where can people listen to your show? Man, Josh, I really appreciate it. TheMitchDavisShow.com is your one-stop shop for all things uh, the podcast and everything else. And we're going to be out at the FedEx Forum on Sunday as the Memphis Tigers uh, have their first expedition game against Christian Brothers. So if you see me out there, say hello. I love to meet and greet with all the KWAM family. I'm a big fan of uh, the radio station. I really appreciate all the work you guys do. Uh, be sure you follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. All right. Well, Mitch, thanks for the shout out and we love your work and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Josh. Have a good night, man. Of course. You too, man. All right. That was Mitch Davis. Obviously a huge fan of uh, just, you know, the radio station. We love uh, all the work that he does. He, he He's a great, great uh, uh, sports mind and we do uh, enjoy having him on this show. And we're going to finish off the post game show. We only have a couple minutes. I tell you know, it's an exciting time. It's really exciting. And I, I, this is one of the best times for me in, in, in my life, because not only do you have college football going on right now, we're in the smack dab middle of the season for college football. Uh, we have the NFL going on and that season is, is really exciting to see some of the top teams in the NFL. We have call, we have high school football, which we've been doing and the playoffs are right around the corner for high school football. All of this going on at the same time. The World Series is about to kick off. The NBA is back. I mean, basketball is back. You have the Memphis Tiger season. 
that little stretch between oct you know mid to late October to mid to late November is the best because you have all these sports going on. It's just such an exciting time uh, as a sports fan, and especially in Memphis. And one of the sports teams that I'm actually really excited to talk about, you know, you talk about, you know, you think of Memphis and you think, obviously, uh, you think uh, basketball, you think football. But one of the things that has kind of been coming out of the, the gate a little bit, kind of surprising, is the United One FC foot, uh, soccer team. And this is something I wanted to share with you guys because this is, you know, really big uh, implications if they decided to do this. You know, the city of Memphis is possibly looking to invest big money into, uh, you know, a new stadium. Uh, not only a new stadium, but proposals for a newly renovated FedEx Forum, a renovated, obviously, we all know the, the Liberty Bowl, that they want to get that renovated, the AutoZone Park, and then, of course, a new stadium to get uh, for Memphis 901 FC, who, by the way, they're going to be playing in the playoffs this weekend. They're gonna, number two seed, and our own Tim Van Orn, he's going to be uh, actually calling that game for ESPN, so that'll be exciting. But, you know, this is really, really incredible for, for Memphis 901 FC if this goes through, because the total cost of everything is $684 million, and obviously that's sparked a lot of controversy if, you know, we want our tax dollars to go towards something like that. But really, really uh, interesting if you think about it, what, what a new stadium would would look like and this is going to all be in the in the right next to the Liberty Bowl Stadium if they decide to get this new stadium and that would mean possibly tearing down the Mid-South Coliseum and uh, you know we talked about this earlier in the week how much the Mid-South Coliseum means to the city of Memphis in terms of the history in terms of just how uh, you know how many events were there with wrestling and concerts and we had a lot of people send us messages and say you know what I I don't want the Mid-South Coliseum to be torn down I want to keep the Mid-South Coliseum. And then there's people like me, people who are kind of in the younger spectrum, people that just moved to Memphis and say, you know what? It has a great history, but it's really just been a storage closet for the last year or for the, for the last several years, excuse me, for the last, till I can remember, you know, I moved here in 2003. I've never even thought about go heard of any event going on over there in, uh, in the Mid-South Coliseum. So, you know, a new stadium would be really interesting. And of course, this is, this is interesting because Memphis 901 FC they're playing in AutoZone Park right now, which is a baseball stadium. And with the surgence of, of just the growth of Memphis 901 FC, being a two seed in the playoffs, you know, being a, a really, really uh, good team this year, being in the uh, possibly going deep into that playoff, uh, you know, there is some questions. You know, soccer might have a really big place here in the city after all. Not what a lot of people expected since we are a football and a basketball town, but. Uh, you know, that's something that I did want to share. Another thing, just how exciting it is to have basketball back in the NBA. And of course, the Grizzlies having a really big victory uh, uh, opening night versus the New York Knicks. That was something to behold. I, I love seeing the energy in the stadium. I love seeing the energy just all around the Tigers, the uh, the Grizzlies. They're going to be back in the FedEx Forum soon. And there's just no better time to go and cheer on our basketball teams. And of course, we have uh, we're playing right now against Houston. So excited for that. But anyways, guys, this is going to be all for tonight. This is the post-game show in the Mighty 990 Studios. Bradcrest uh, winning their game against St. Benedict 49-12. Again, this is their first division victory. They secured the number five seed in the division. Big shout-out to Max Carroll. He is the all-time receiving catching uh, catches uh, leader for Briarcrest on senior night. How fitting, guys. This is going to conclude the post-game show brought to you by EPM Appraisals. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Uh, we will be back next Friday as we continue to bring you live coverage, scores, and news of high school football here on the Mighty 990. Bradcrest versus Endsworth next week. Big game, final game of the regular season ahead of the playoffs. Have a great weekend, everyone, and go Tigers go. Tigers go.